Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, what's up, and welcome to Serious Issues. Oh my god, I bit my tongue. <laughs> Ow. Hey, what's up? Fuck. <laughs> hey, what's up, and welcome to Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast being recorded live from Sydney. We're in King's Comics. Uh, the address of that place is 310 Pitt Street. Or online, kingscomics.com. Yeah. My name is Andrew Levins. My name is Siobhan Coombs. Uh, I just bit my tongue. Siobhan didn't. That's what sets us apart. <laughs> uh, every week we read all of the comics that come out and let you know which ones you should be reading too. Uh, coming up later in the show, we're going to be reviewing all of the new number ones. We're going to be reviewing new issues from Marvel, DC, Image, Dark Horse, Archie and more. But first, we've got a little bit of good news and uh, a, a big chunk of bad news as well. Mm. Um, I will start with the good news. Uh, the good news is uh, that... One of our listeners, Andre, suggested we start a Facebook community group, mm. uh, basically like a, a Facebook group where everyone that listens to the show can can talk about comics and and the and the, and the episodes of, of serious issues with us. Um, so we've done that, and it's been a crazy success. In like the last five days, we've got over 150 people chatting about comics relentlessly throughout the day. So if that sounds like something that appeals to you, we would love for you to come and join us. It's facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast. Yeah, it's been so fun. Even when I'm um, working from home, which I sometimes do, it's it's like I'm in a comic book store. It's <laughs> yeah, if you want to uh, argue about the merits of what Marvel are putting out lately, uh, you want to work out if uh, massive... You know, five hundred dollars spends on it runs on comics on eBay that you bought re- recently have been a good purchase or a bad purchase. We will we will justify all of your ridiculous purchases. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's the one thing. If you need a support group, that you know can validate you for pissing your money away. Yeah, exactly. This is the place. <laughs> uh, we uh, it's a little bit of a dude fest at the moment. We are we are we are working <laughs> on uh, equaling it out, but um, you know, as always, we, we we are open to all people. Yes, uh, please. As long as you love comics and want to talk about with other comic book fans, head head over to facebook.com slash groups. Slash Serious Issues Podcast. And now, sadly, the bad news. And mm. it's really tremendously sad news. Yeah, it's, devastating. Uh, so, um, Steve Dillon, who is uh, one of our favorite artists. And, in fact, we spent a good portion of the last episode like championing mm. how wonderful his art has been on, on, on the current Punisher run that he's um, drawing um, alongside uh, Becky Cloonan on writing. Uh, a, a book that we love, and and so much of that is in part to to Steve Dillon's art. He has got to be one of the first artists that I remember recognizing the styles of in between books. Without before I noted artists and writers yeah. in the front book, you know, he he had just an unmistakable very, Steve Dillon, and no one drew like him either. Absolutely, um, he was a master of action. Mm. He was a master of comedy. 
Mm. And he was a master of, of, of emotion, of, of really warm, tender moments. Absolutely. You know, he was ex- expertly paired with... Um, uh, with Garth Ennis, mm-hmm. um, and of course they 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 did so many uh, hundreds of comics together. Um, every single issue of Pe- Preacher, uh, written by Garth Ennis and drawn by uh, by Steve Dillon, with a few like you know specials um, mm-hmm. that, that 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 were drawn by others. Um, they then went on to write Punisher, uh, sorry, write and draw Punisher together um, with um, the Welcome Back Frank arc, and uh, that began Steve Dillon being constantly paired uh, with different writers to to draw Punisher. He drew Frank Castle in. I think I want to say like five or six completely different series, including a really great Punisher Max run written by Jason Aaron, which is one of my favorites. I think he's definitely the most iconic Punisher artist. Like I can't think of anyone else who's made such a significant stamp on the character. So it's um it's really sad that he's he's now passed away very very young as well, especially when he was doing such great work on this Punisher series. So sadly, he was born in the same year as Darwin Cook. Oh my god! Who we who we uh, uh, lost earlier in the year? Yeah. Um, also, the same, it's nine fifty two. It's also the, um, Mark Wade made a comment that you know, oh my god, the, um, you know, people have got it in for comic book creators. Uh, mm. Born in nine fifty two, and he incidentally is born in nine fifty two. So Mark Anyone Wade is on. Anyone touches Mark Wade, <laughs> you'll have me to answer to. Um, yeah, it, it's always tragic when you when when uh, you lose someone whose creative efforts have meant something to you. Absolutely. I mean, it's always true when anyone dies, but, you know, in particular with this where it's like you just feel just the profound sadness that you'll never see anything new by this person again. Like, even though you you have countless incredible runs by Steve Dillon, mm. we'll never see anything, you know, I'm sure Marl will have a few issues of, um, of Punisher to go, and I know he's been doing the covers for... Um, that ridiculous Garth Ennis comic over at DC, the six pack and oh, yep. dog welder. Yep. Um, so he's been doing those covers as well. So there's, and I'm sure there's lots of people, you know, the, if you search his name on Twitter, there's an endless list of uh, people putting up photos of uh, sketches that he did for them at cons. But I, um, I, I, I love his work on, on obviously Punisher and Preacher. Mm-hmm. Again, another um, Garth Ennis collaboration was Hellblazer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Hellblazer, um, the initial Vertigo run, um, and in particular Garth Ennis and um, Steve Dillon's uh, run. Um, Steve Dillon's, that's like, you know, if you really, there's a great quote going around saying like, you know, he, his action scenes were unbeatable, but you put two characters in a pub and Steve could turn it into magic. And Absolutely. I totally agree. And then, and then you look no further than that series. It's a very high-drinking series. Uh, uh, and there's actually a spin-off of that book called Heartland, um, which is, uh, is set in, in Belfast, Ireland. Oh, cool. Um, wow. Which is a, a subject dear to uh, Steve and Garth's hearts. Mm. Um, I read it, reread it again yesterday. I should have brought it in so you can borrow mm. it. It's, uh, it's an incredible read. And it, it's, a, it's a drama, basically. There's no action in it whatsoever. Um, someone gets a kneecap blown off by mm. like early, early on in the pages, and then nothing awesome. beyond that. Uh, but uh, yeah, it just is. It's, it's an absolute like immediate showcase of just what an, a skilled like his his art, his facial designs were so seemingly simple. Yeah, but, but so expressive. Absolutely, yeah, incredible expressions. Um, and we can't ignore all the work that he did um, in the sort of British comic scene as well. Like one of like one of the sort of all-time biggest Judge Dredd artists and did a lot of work on 2000 AD and books like that. So um, I feel like this is, I mean, I think always the best thing to do when something like this happens is to go back and pay respects to that person's work by picking something up and having a read of it and really appreciating what they brought. I think that I'm definitely going to try and track down some of his Judge Dredd stuff because yeah, I've never um, read yeah. any. And there's, there's the, 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 I've seen lots of pictures of, of different things he did with the Dredd stuff. Yeah. Man, it looks good. He's yeah. a great judge. And he would do like 
the best sort of severe Judge Dredd face of all time. Yeah, and he had like I mean that's the thing like you know I was lamenting that we're not going to see anything new from him, but I'm you know I probably I probably only read a third mm. of the things he actually drew. You know I mean he's been done a lot of stuff recently with Marvel, um, the Thunderbolts run with Charles Sewell and. Um, you know, he did a Scarlet Witch um, yep. issue recently as well. So there's issue. there's plenty of stuff that you know if you if you want to appreciate everything he's done, you know that, that that's the rest of your year sorted. Yeah, absolutely. And I kind of I I, I heard this news on Saturday night while I was DJing, and just like the mood, my mood changed. <laughs> I was all I wanted to do was just you know read his comics, and yeah. then came home and saw like my you know stack of twenty issues from this week that mm. I knew I had to read before the show, and I was like, oh, I just want to read Heartland again. Yeah, I know. so I read that and <laughs> I skipped a few comics from this week. <laughs> uh, but yeah, our thoughts are with everyone um, from Steve's family and, and and his close friends as well in the comic book community and and, and outside of that, um, especially his brother Glenn. Um, mm-hmm. Glenn, sorry, is it Glenn Dillon? Um, he goes Glenn Dillon. But he 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 wrote a oh. uh, a really great book called. Um, oh my god! Is, are they related? Yeah, like the now that's, of his, Brown. that's his brother. The, no, the now of Brown. Flippin is, way. That was one of my favorite graphic novels from I think it came out two years ago. Such a brilliant book. Yeah. Man. So obviously comics is uh, very runs very strong very in strong in their, in their blood. Yeah. So. Uh, oh well, yeah. Sending maximum good vibes to the Dylan family totally. and also to Becky Cloonan. It seems I feel I feel my heart aches for her. You know, like. Um, working so closely with him on this Punisher book, I think that's got to be uh, really devastating. For her. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you want to uh, share your thoughts on, um, on 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 Steve Dillon and his work and your your, your favorite comics that he's done, please uh, join us on our on on the, the group I mentioned earlier. There's countless people already talking about their, his favorite. Yeah, share your favorite, fa- favorite Steve Dillon panel and... with us. That'd yeah, be totally. amazing. It's facebook.com slash group slash series issues podcast. But yeah, um, it's going to be really tragic because we actually have, you know, more issues of Punisher coming up in like the two weeks that we're going yeah. to review. I mean, I just, you know, it's uncanny that we, we spent five minutes last week Absolutely. saying that, we've, that we don't think that Steve's art has ever looked as good as it does mm. at the moment. It's, just, you know, it's tragic. It's very sad. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, obviously we're going to do the rest of the show now, but uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to be doing it thinking about how great of an artist Steve Dillon was and is Absolutely. still is forever um, so we're going to do first things first right now and that is the segment in which we review all of the brand new number one issues uh, a light load this week the last yeah. few episodes have been ridiculous absolutely uh, I think we, we, we cracked the 25 brand new mm. issues mark a couple of weeks ago there's only four this week five maybe five I think you got five and I got four Tee. great um, so uh, I'm going to try and find one that we can rave about I don't know if I can if I can, if I can find one of those, but um, <laughs> uh, let's talk about Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye, which is the uh, brand new, uh, the third series to be launched out of uh, Gerard Way's imprint, Young Animal with DC. Uh, first, we were given uh, Doom Patrol, then we got uh, Shade the Changing Girl, Shade the Changing Girl, and this one is yeah, Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye. I know Cave Carson has existed in Vertigo stuff in the past. He was actually in Doom Patrol, wasn't he? I actually don't know. Whatever. Who cares? Whatever. Don't look it up. <laughs> um, but so this is written by Jonathan Rivero and Gerard Way, the sort of head honcho of the whole Young Animals thing, with art by um, Michael Avon Oming. And Oming is probably the biggest name they have at the Young Animal imprint. In terms of artists, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously Gerard Way is. Mm. Yeah. But I mean, he certainly, you know, Gerard Way is still relatively new to comics. He's, you've got Umbrella Academy. You've got the one that he did. Based on his music. Yep. And then um, you've got the, like that is- an issue of Spider-Verse. And then you've got then you've got for some reason he has his own imprint, imprint now. That's all you need to do. Hey, all you need to do to succeed in comics is first have a wildly successful emo band. <laughs> then you're set. Um, so this is um, 
I mean, I feel like this is maybe the most confusing issue yet, but in a way it's kind of straightforward. Cave Carson is a uh, some form of government agent who has a cybernetic eye and uh, he has problems with his family and loved ones. His and, wife has just passed away. Yep. Um, so that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like all of these issues so far. I feel like I'm, I'm, it's fine. We got we got a funny comment on our um, on our Facebook page last week because I, I put the Doom Patrol um, issue two cover up, and I said we don't really, really know what's going on, but you know we're still enjoying it. Mm. <clears throat> and a listener said, "Oh, I can't believe you 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 had, weren't, weren't unable to follow this one, but you had no problem with Shade the Changing Girl, which for me, yeah. I think is like the easiest one to follow so far, but." Yeah, it's not funny. Not according to all this. So I give you, you get different things out of this. Um, I am curious. I like these. Are, these are holding my interest. Hmm. I find them interesting enough, but I'm worried that I'm going to get very tired of these books that don't give you too much information about the greater story. I know yeah. that uh, we're, we're gonna, you know, those ends are all gonna meet, but it's a tough read issue to issue. Yeah, I and also when you've thing. got like we've got three of them now. Is, it, is, is there one more coming as well? Yeah, we still got Mother Panic coming. But Mother I think Panic, that they're yeah. all fairly separate. You know, like, even though they're all under the same umbrella and they have a similar vibe, I think that they can all, like, I don't think they're all part of one one kind of story, unless they're oh, no, no, leading into so some either, kind but... of... Although, I will so, say, this one, is, this is the most immediately connected to the DC universe. Yeah. There are references to Superman, the Metal Men are the in The Metal it. Men show up, guys. I love the Metal Men. Yeah, I kind of want, just want a Metal Men comic, to be honest. I know. When, the last Metal Men comic they had really didn't oh, that was terrible. do well, though. And there were backups in the action comics once. They were, they were pretty boring, too. Yeah. I don't know what I need someone want. good to write Metal Men. <laughs> um, all kinds of crazy stuff goes on in here. Um, you know, we, we said that Michael Oeming is... Uh, probably the biggest name art-wise on these books, but I think this is the least I enjoyed art on one of these books. I, I still think it's good, but it's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. it's not quite as dynamic as we've gotten on Shade and especially Doom Patrol. Yeah, um, totally. And he, I mean, there's something deceptively simple about Michael Oeming's art. Like, it, it is, he's absolutely a very capable artist. Um, Super expressive, like, very dynamic stuff, I think. Like, there's a lot of Oh, see, I, I, I didn't find it very dynamic. Facial expressions, and that's pretty dynamic. An exploding tentacle monster thing. That's pretty good. That's a splash page. That's a splash page. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think, again, it's, it's, I, I like what I read, but there wasn't enough of it to really get its hooks into me. But yeah. I'll, I'll stick with it. So far, my favourite of all of the Young Animals books has been Shade the Changing Girl. I think that that's the one that most grabbed me with the initial concept and I think had the strongest first issue. But they're all interesting. And I love that, you know, the DC universe is in many ways a lot weirder than the Marvel universe. Like it does have those kind of corners, which are kind of largely ignored by the Justice League and things like that. Yeah, so sure. I think it's it's nice to have the Young Animals imprint to kind of bring the metal men back in and that kind of stuff. It does kind of read in like a like a Grant Morrison cover cover song. This entire imprint feels like a yep. Grant Morrison tribute act. Yeah. Um but that's okay with me. Is that all right? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so look I'm 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 on board with this. Uh like I said, I I'm curious as to how long I will keep being like, you know, a reader yeah. of these books. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like I might burn out and just drop all of them at any, <laughs> any point. Um, let's talk about uh, Kiss issue one. <laughs> I didn't written read by that Amy Chu. You're such a jerk. You put this in my list and then didn't read it. Yeah. <laughs> um, written by Amy Chu and art by uh, Cuba Bal. Uh, this is a book about the rock band Kiss through Dynamite. And guess what? Kiss aren't even in it. What? <laughs> so That's it's, how? It's about like a dystopian society, like, you know, a hundred years into the future or whatever, where um, 
wars have been fought and everything's been destroyed and so they cobbled together a city from the remnants of the old ones salvaging what we could of human history human achievement and so there's like you know like the big jesus statue from rio the statue of liberty the sphinx big ben all in the same city amazing and then they live underground and all the young people are bored and and want to escape like this thing that they're on but there are protectors who they need to avoid and so they got to do with kiss yeah that's what i was asking um the whole way through um and then they like kind of sneak their way into like this old city and it's kind of like lined with like kiss graffiti and pictures of all the different members of kiss. Um, and then they go into like this garden of Eden kind of thing, which is manned by robots and like there's all this beautiful vegetation. Like, Oh, this must be where they grow our food. And then they have to escape that because robots find them. And then they go into another hall where there's like this old computer, which gets booted up. And then you get the four projections of kiss like up in the sky and it just says like Morpheus rebooting loading program. So maybe Ooh. maybe Morpheus is a Kiss reference that I don't get at all. I've I know about four Kiss songs, um, and four too many in my opinion. <laughs> um, I think I don't know. I mean, like it's funny because Kiss like there's such a long history of Kiss comics. Yeah, like it's so weird that they've just continued to make comic books about the band forever. And I like that they go a sort of really like fantastic route as opposed to. Like, here's the band on tour, getting up to shenanigans. I, I would read that, though. That's way more appealing to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure they've already done it. I like the idea but... of a dystopian society built on the, like, values that Kiss bring to us of macking on hot babes. Isn't I don't... that what Kiss's yeah, values are? Yeah, that's what are? all about. Um, Did it, was it Kiss? Makeup. Was it Kiss or Alice Cooper who printed a comic with their own blood? Oh, wow. They, like, mixed a little bit of their blood into the into the print, printing ink. Metal as hell. now... Heaps rare, apparently. <laughs> and heaps gross. Heaps gross. Uh, okay, here's the big one from this week. Infamous Iron Man number one by Brian Michael Bendis, Alex Maleev, and Matt Hollingsworth on colours. Uh, the Rise of Doom. So, spoilers um, for, for a lot of the comics. Oh, we, we, we always forget to do the spoiler warning at the beginning, but there are spoilers. If you haven't read your comics yet, maybe go read them first, or just skip forward a couple minutes so we can talk about a new comic that you but don't also, care about. But also, this comic is in itself a spoiler for Civil War Two yep. in the most infuriating way. And... I, you know, we, we stick up for Marvel a lot because we are getting lots of good books at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, very few of them have anything to do with the main 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 events, but there are still good books that are coming out through Marvel pretty regularly. Mm. But this is like just an inexcusable fuck up on their behalf, which is now the second year in running that they've done it. They've yeah. they've ruined their big summer event in the first page of a of a of a book that was meant to come out after the event. Mm-hmm. So, uh, spoilers for Civil War two and spoilers for Infamous Iron Man. Tony Stark is dead. Well, I think it's slightly ambiguous as to totally. whether he's I mean, dead or just yeah. disappeared or... Because well, like, didn't, didn't, didn't he fuck off to space um, after like two, a couple of events ago oh, and that was he was on the Guardians team for a while? When, oh, when, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah running Guardians. I feel like in this it's going to be like his physical body has died but he has uploaded a sweet like AI of himself. Well, that's, that's, what, that's what is revealed in this. Right, right. Um, uh, so I didn't make that. No. <laughs> I read so, that uh, in the comic book. Yeah, Doom, who uh, is now a, a gorgeously faced, um, you know, trying so to do So it's fine, because we all know handsome people are always good. <laughs> um, he decides to take on the mantle of Iron Man, um, and we get some great flashbacks to when he was Doom, um, and doing doing hideous stuff with the Cabal, and um, transporting. Actually, I, I, I really like that part of it. Um, yeah. And I love Doom as a character. Yeah, Doom's the best. Um, but uh, I do not love my Brian Bendis in 2016. And mm-hmm. I was really, really hoping that... Um, and I say this a lot, but when, when Hickman 
stopped doing Secret Wars and he said he was going to take a hiatus for a while and then come back. I was actually hoping that he was going to write a Doctor Doom book. Mm. But instead we get Bendis on it. And that is just seems like... There's just it's like a, a piñata full of bull ants. It's just like there's just a number of things that like I don't understand. Like it doesn't seem especially in character for Doom to have built up this legacy under his own name to then be like I'm going to take on the mantle of Iron Man because I don't think Doom would want to do that. Like I mean fuck it, it's a comic and you can make Doom want whatever he wants, but it just seems it seems out of character to me. Yeah, I mean Doom the the best thing about Doom is that he thinks he's better than everybody. Like yeah. not not in the same way that Doctor Octopus does. Like Doom, like genuinely thinks that he is he should be the ruler of the world. Like that's how good he is. Yeah, exactly. And, and he's you know intelligent. he was a god. Yeah, he was literally a god. He's not going to go like you know what I'm going to continue on Tony Stark's legacy. That annoys me. I was yes, I wasn't <laughs> wasn't too sure about that. Um, I did like um, the fact that we get. Uh, ben Grimm in, introduced as a agent of Shield at the yes. end of this comic. I thought that was pretty. That's pretty fun because I, I miss I miss Fantastic Four a lot. No, right? Where are they? Come back, guys. Well, it looks like Marvel. Are, you know, they've made a bunch of announcement this week about new X Men books, and, mm-hmm. and they're going to try and right all the wrongs that have happened to the X Men in the last year. It's like, it was like we're five in the 90s years, last again. decade. I don't know. Blue and gold teams. Sounds like Pokemon to me. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I really hope that they make a Fantastic Four related announcement too. Yeah, that would be an. I would, I would like that. Please, yes, yeah. please, Marvel. Maybe bring Hickman, Hickman back for that again. That was yeah. the best. Yeah, that was the best. <laughs> um, I think the best thing about this comic for me is Alex Maleev's art. Oh, that's it's amazing. Great. That's why I'll keep reading. Looks this. incredible. But I just, I feel like you know, Bendis is pretty good at issue ones generally. Yeah, and totally. And then it sort of tends to fall apart after that. Well, I certainly like this a lot more than the. Um, Jessica Jones book that he put out a couple of weeks ago. That, that, that first yeah, issue. I think that's fair. I still didn't love this though. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, it doesn't feel like Doctor Doom taking on the mantle of Iron Man. He's just—it feels like an entirely new character to me. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like, is, is this going to be like you know the Iron Man version of Superior Spider? Is this going to be Superior Iron Man, <clears throat> where you have like an old foe deciding to do a better job of being the superhero than the superhero was to begin with? And then learning, oh, wait, mm. you know, it looks like they, they had a lot to do. Also, like, I, like, Doctor Doom has only really been a thorn in, or like, you know, a, a part of Tony Stark's life in this most recent Bendis Iron Man's book, right? He's yeah. never, you know, he's, he's Reed Richards. Like, it's so much more appealing if Reed Richards dies or something, and then he fucking moves in on the family and is like, I'll be your dad now, kids. Like, that's the most amazing sounding comic also ever. Also the most Doom thing of all time yeah, to yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. He's, tried, he's done that, actually, a couple yeah. of times. But, like, I want that series. That, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, 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 Superior 4. That's- no, I want, you know what comic I want? I want the series where Namor is like, I'm your new dad, kids. Oh, man. No, both of them. I'm writing that comic. Yeah, yeah. Both of them would be the best. <laughs> It'd be like two, what is it, three guys and a baby or whatever? Oh, yeah. It'd be like that. Amazing. Anyway. That's the book I want. But yeah, I, I don't know where this book is going to go, and I guess that's that's fun. So, uh, but we'll, as long we'll, as Alex Maleev keeps drawing a cool thing, I am, I mean, thing as in oh, Ben right. Grimm, not a cool uh, thing. Yeah. Here he yes. is. Oh, man, is a, uh, sorry to bring it back to Steve Dillon again, someone shared an amazing um, sketch that he did of the thing. Oh, wow, And amazing. you know how like, I feel like a lot of artists really struggle with the structure of his face? Yeah. Oh, my God, it's so good. I'm Googling it right now. Oh, man, you're, you're in for a treat. So uh, while Siobhan is uh, talking about, or looking up things that I know she likes and is going to get a <laughs> kick out of. Um, oh, damn it, it's not up there. Oh, no, it's just, I just Googled Steve Dillon thing. <laughs> so it's not really coming up Maybe do anything. Steve Dillon, Ben Grimm. Oh, yeah, good one. It's going to be really appealing for my listeners. Yeah. Our listeners. Don't you guys love listening to me and Google? Um, but yeah, while, while Siobhan's in her happy place, 
Oh, no, incidentally, not happy because she's not finding what she's doing. You know I'll find it. I'll, find I'll put it, it on the wall. It's right. really good. Uh, let's talk about the, lo- the last number one I read. I think you've got one more that we can talk about, the year of marvels. Oh. Um, but uh, the last one I read was uh, Spell on Wheels. And this Ooh. is a new book out through Dark Horse, written by Kate Leff, um, with art by uh, Megan Levins. Hey. No relation. Did she do like the Archie book recently? Yeah, her name came out yeah. before as well. And our colors by Marissa Louise. Um, this is a book about a coven of three young witches living in Massachusetts. Um, They're also tattoo artists. Uh, they are more than just tattoo artists. They kind of, uh, they're called the sister witches and they uh, do stuff at like, you know, at, at fair, in fairs um, where they do like tattoos and, and um, you know, tarot cards and stuff like that. Um, but they are also completely practicing witches um, and some an ex-boyfriend breaks into their house mm. and um, they sense his presence in their house and they rush to get back home. Um, but, but he's, he's gone by the time that he, that they get back and, uh, he's taken a bunch of magic belongings, like very important magic belongings too, uh, for a dubious figure. Uh, and then the, so the, the three witches decide to, uh, go on a road trip to basically he sells all the magic stuff on eBay. And so they go on a road trip to get all the things back from the people who have bought them Mm. and try and find who stole their stuff to begin with. That sounds really good, but it sounds you, really good. Yeah, you know, what stopped you from enjoying this comic? Well, I mean, a it's a bit of an ongoing theme in Kate Leth's books at the moment of like ex boyfriends being jerks and like because that's exactly what's happening in Hellcat as well, sort of in a sense, I suppose. Um, that was one issue, it was, and it was it and, was and, an arc, and they weren't being jerks; uh, they were being jerks because her 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 friend put them up. No, no, her friend put them up <laughs> to it. She played. She she manipulated their emotions. Both that that that, that issue ends with both those characters being oh, restored yeah, as good true. people. That's true. I I don't know why. I just don't. There's still something that I don't quite like about Kate Kate Let's books. There's something a little bit like fan fiction esque about them that just. Puts I, me off a little bit. I love Hellcat. Like I think Hellcat is actually like one of my favorite books when it comes out. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's, Brittany Williams is amazing. Also, Kate Leth's writing I think is really really good on it, and it's really grown on me. Um, okay, no, that's that's fair. On paper, the the idea of this book, like I don't, I've, you know, I don't have any like attachment to like the craft or yeah, yeah, those yeah. kind of movies or or like witches in general. Like I like mm. Sabrina. That's about it. Um, and I like that Black Magic book that Rucker and Nicholas Scott did. It's the best. Um, Back in March, guys. But I don't know. This one was weirdly appealing to me. I, oh, I yeah. think I, I think yeah. I, I get like you know there are some. You know, I don't even find the dialogue in this very cringy. Yeah, I don't know. You've got it's an just, it's me. Left. It's me. I don't. She seems nice. We have a lot in common. She's done great things for the industry. She's personally made my life better um, with things like the Valkyries. Um, I just, I just am not sold on her books yet for some reason. I think that she's like a good, like, I think that she is a fundamentally good writer and she understands good things about comics, yep. but I just think she needs to grow a little bit. And that's like, okay, and you, that's and, me being a jerk. You do that by writing more and more comics. Exactly. So, exactly. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. This one, I don't know why. I wish I, I wish I could put a finger on what it is that puts me off, but I can't. Maybe one of the witches in this book put a hex on you. Probably. I like this book. I'm going to keep with it. Are you going to keep with it? Yeah. <laughs> I'll still read it. Spell on Wheels, out through Dark Horse. Um, it's going to be a, a, a teen witch. Oh, no. Actually, that, that's the one thing. Yeah. They are like late 20s for the most part, but they act like teenagers. But that's fun too. Yeah, that's fine. <clears throat> but it's, yeah. So a 20-something-year-old witch road trip. That sounds really fun. Hmm. I'm, I'm going to read the next issue, at the very least. Excellent. We've got one last number one. I forgot to read it. A Year of Marvels, the unbeatable number one. 
This is the uh, anthology book that is done originally digitally through Marvel, mm-hmm. um, and then they'd collect two months at a time. Um, so each month is a different superhero from the Marvel Universe. And so this one, what is it, Nick Fury? Nick Fury, um, and then a team-up between Tippy Toe, Squirrel Girl's sidekick, um, and Rocket Raccoon. Animals. Yay! The first, um, the first Nick Fury story was written by Chad Bowers and Chris Sims with... Um, storyboard artist Jeffo. He was also the storyboard artist on the other, um, the other issue. Uh, the Nick Fury issue was excellent. Right, really, great. really good. These really are the guys that are writing uh, X Men ninety two. Yes, which I haven't been enjoying that much, but I think Chris Sims is a pretty talented writer, so I hope I hope he gets a chance to do more stuff like this. This was a like this was a super good fun, um, just standalone little Nick Fury story about him infiltrating some like arms dealers. Hopefully, they collect this with the. Um... Civil War Two, choosing sides. Um, oh yeah, ongoing Nick Fury mini stories that uh, Declan Shalvey did because they were yeah, great. so good. Um, the team up between Rocket Raccoon and Tippy Toe is fine. Who did that? Who wrote that? Um, N- Nyla Magruder nailed it. Never, never heard of that person. Cool, um, but excellent. Yeah, so I mean, I guess it's not really a number one because it is an ongoing book, but whatever. Yeah. There's a one on it, There's guys. We read it. It's, it's, it's a first Chill things out, first. Everyone. Cool. All right. So first things first is over. Now we play the most beloved segment on the show, and that is flip a coin. Uh, so Siobhan, what? Who's heads? Um, heads is Marvel for okay. some reason. Oh shit! Heads. Hey. So we had a few series ending this week. <coughs> P.S. I just dropped a two dollar coin on the floor. So yeah, some lucky king stuff is going to be two dollars richer. Um, <clears throat> it had some endings. Uh, yeah, a lot of you know it's it's, it's a big change up time at Marvel. Mm-hmm. A lot of series are ending. A lot of new series are beginning, um, which means that we're just going to keep adding more and more comics to our stack, which is great. You know, you're like, oh, cool, this one's ending, but Good thing four more, more are more beginning, beginning next week. Great. Um, so. Should we talk about some of these ending books first? Yeah, absolutely. Should we talk about, um, let's talk about Astonishing Ant-Man first. Yeah, this one's by uh, Nick Spencer, um, and they've had various artists uh, throughout the run. This is issue 13 of Ant-Man, the Astonishing Ant-Man. Um, on art, we've got Brent Schoonover with Ramon Rosanas. That's an excellent name. Um, and uh, I've been up and down with this book. Yep. I definitely lost its way and actually was quite confusing to read in some parts where... I was like, oh, I guess Nick Spencer is clever. I guess, the, <laughs> but, the, but then there were just moments. Even there are, there's a moment in this where I'm not really sure how how the action kind of ended. Yeah. Um. There, there are just kind of like unexplained moments where it's just like, oh, now this is finished. I guess. Yeah. Um. Well, this highs went wrong for reasons we're not entirely sure of. But uh, I thought he really brought brought it home with this Absolutely. issue. Absolutely. Nick Spencer is very good at like emotional moments. Um. And so I thought that even though I, even though I have been like up and down in the series, and I'm I'm I've been you know vocal about my criticisms of Nick Spencer in general um but I thought this was a really nice ending and if this sets up a new sort of status quo for the Scott Lang Ant-Man um I'm super into it yeah so this is a there's there's a trial um Scott Lang who is Ant-Man has been on trial for uh being caught um basically you know doing a heist Mm -hmm. when he's supposed to be a good guy um and uh She-Hulk is representing him um and uh on the offense what's it called (laughs) when you (laughs) Oh, prosecutor. God. The prosecutor is uh, um, the Beetle. The Beetle. Um, however, she's she's not in a costume uh, at all. But uh, yeah, I mean, like for whatever, ha- whatever, like a bunch of stuff happens, and we, you know, you read the book if you want to yeah. find that out. But it ends with a really lovely moment. Um, uh, they bring in his, the last last uh, last member of the. Uh, oh, God damn it! I'm so bad at court stuff. <laughs> the last um the last witness. Last to come witness. In and, um, That's it. 
uh, talk about Scott and be a character witness for him is his ex-wife. And, dum, dum. and she's always kind of been played as like, oh God, you know, mm. get over it. Like, you know, stop Scott- being a superhero for crying out loud. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it was nice. They kind of, you know, they, they turn it around and she ends up kind of being, saying like, you know, say what you want about Scott. At the very heart of him, he just wants to be a good father. He lo- he loves his daughter and, and, and look at her, you know, he's her hero. And it's a really beautiful moment where it then goes on to say, well, no, you know, look how much more she can achieve than I can. Scott says, like, oh, if anything, she's my hero. And I just thought that was, that's a really, really lovely moment. Exactly. For, yeah, so. it was so beautiful. And it ends with really nicely, like, um, Cassie Lang, his daughter, getting a new sort of superhero identity as Stinger. And now they're like a duo the ant-man and stinger that's awesome if we can get a team up like a father-daughter team up book man i would read the I lo- but that. i love like cassie lang is an established character yeah. in her own right which is why i was kind of annoyed that she kind of takes this like background um position in for, for the most part of this series because she's just a great character yeah, like, we loved a- her in young avengers Absolutely. she's accomplished so much as a superhero in those books i kind of i would i mean next time you do an ant-man book don't make it about scott make it about cassie yeah totally totally make her <coughs> I guess you can really make Ant Man, but yeah, great. Stinger, make a stinger. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, cool. Uh, I don't know it was also we... the final issue. Was this the final issue of Mockingbird? Oh my god, we should have talked this one first. No, no, no offense to Nick Smith. So good no. work on it. But this is this Ant-Man. is more devastating for both of us. I Absolutely. Think. This is uh, this is a real bummer. It's a personal favorite of both of ours. Um, Mockingbird number eight, uh, written the entire series was written by Chelsea Kane, uh, joined by written, sorry drawn by Kate Niemczyk, and uh, all the covers were by Joel Jones. So it was just like, I, I mean, I know. And like, so that's like, that's an incredible combo. Mm. Um, and colors on this one was by, uh, um, I, feel, I think it's a female colorist as well. Um, Rochelle Rosenberg. Um, it, they're a great team. This has been a great story. They even had to tie into Civil War Two, And they still pulled it off so brilliantly. I think I would say it's probably the only really successful Civil War Two tie-in that didn't really feel like it undermined the story at all. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Agreed. Um, this is a really great story that also happened to take place during a time where, you know, Hawkeye is on trial for, for killing Bruce Banner. Mm-hmm. Um, this is well, it's been a four-parter of her being kind of stuck on this... Uh, this uh, cruise ship. Nerd cruise. Yep. Uh, and uh, it redoes a little bit of continuity and some some prickly male fans of uh, who loved the idea of Mockingbird being raped uh, were quite angry that uh, Chelsea Kane rewrote it so that um, Mockingbird gave consent to uh, the Phantom Rider, oh. and in in turn that makes her knowingly cheat on Hawkeye. Um, but I feel like that's... God, men are weird. I feel like that. I feel like that's that's a that's a cool. That's yeah, a that's really... a way better retelling of that. That's heaps better. So so good. I mean, I, I have read those issues. There's and a lot of old comics fucking suck for yeah, moments yeah. like that. You yeah. know, and so like, unfortunately, instead of like you know, I mean, one Chelsea Kane's awesome comic, which you know, I don't really give a fuck about Mockingbird, but I do now. Yeah, this is an incredible character, for regardless sure. of what her name is, like. I, I you know I always liked her, but you know like even in the Avengers always... run, it was like oh shit, you know, go go take Bobby to the hospital, Hawkeye. Like, exactly, and she's was... always like I always saw her as just like a slightly crapper version of Black, Black Canary, Black Widow, or oh, even Black yeah, of yeah, course, yeah, like, sure. yeah. She was created to be an analogy of that, but yeah, exactly. Um, and this has just made her into like such a well fleshed out like character that now I like I love yeah. I, I'm devastated that she's not gonna have her own comic anymore well, because, and, then, like, and then this follows like she was actually the best character in um, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV series but they took her and um, and Hunter out of um, out of 
Agents of Shield to have their own spin-off show, which the the pilot was a failure, oh. and so now they're just not an Agents of Shield. So we're just like we just have no Mockingbird comic. We have no Mockingbird in the in the uh, Marvel universe. It sucks, especially because this issue ends with Bobby in a Swiss chalet with both Hunter and um, Clint. Clint Barton. Yeah. So and, and like, it, like it's sexy. That's a it's comic great. I want to read. I know it's damn great, it. and it's like empowering to the point of like ridiculousness. But it I think like, that's great. Like it's an absolute like. Like, I think it's something... I think I've said this before about a different comic, but so often um, male superhero comic books are such, like, male fantasies. And you don't really get that as a female comic book fan because it's like, oh, you're always the one who gets raped or the one who gets, like, in trouble and has to be rescued. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And this is, like, just a straight-up pure, almost, like, borderline misandrist female fantasy. It's amazing like it's so fun to read and it's and i had fun reading it too like yeah you don't feel you don't boys feel, can read this too guys you don't feel oppressed <laughs> do you fuck no it was, yeah. this is this is an excellent comic book exactly of someone that like, written by someone who is in, new to comics you would not read it one issue of this entire run and go this person's never written a comic before i know like i think that I mean, I'm so impressed because I've never read it. Like, I've never read anything else that Chelsea Kane's written, and this is clearly her first comic book. But she is such a clever storyteller throughout this whole thing. Like, the way that she structured each issue, the way that she... I don't know how closely she and Kate Nemchik work together um, in terms of, like, panel structure and layout and things like that. But I just think everything she did was so inventive and she did had such a clever way of getting information across visually and telling the story that I, I'm... I'm so blown away by her. Yeah, and I think I, that Marvel would be ludicrous if they let her get away. And it looks like that's might be what's happening. I like cause she, there's been no announcement of what she's a, a, announcing now, and she's you know understandably kind of slagging off Marvel on on Twitter. Oh, is she? Like not no 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 not no, no, actually, no but, but like, like you know yeah kind of saying you know I'm disappointed that Marvel let it go that kind of you know like that kind yeah. of stuff yeah well I mean which she has every right to say absolutely I would fucking say it way way worse in the way yeah. she's saying it. But I like, mean the, the only reason I'm hopeful is because um, at a Women in Comics panel. At New York Comic Con, they mentioned that even though Mockingbird has been cancelled, Chelsea Kane is obviously such a talent that they're not gonna, they're hopefully gonna find a new project for her soon. And I really, I really hope they do. Well, I mean, or no, DC this, or anyone. This, this creative team, they clearly Chelsea and Kate work so well together. Yeah. Like just from these eight issues, yeah. Like that's a good creative team. Just put them on on anything. Give put them, them any character. To be honest, give them all. Give them Hawkeye. Give them female Hawkeye. She's yeah. being written by someone else soon. Right. I can't think of who that is. But like, you know, A-Force a- ended. Mm-hmm. Let's say we weren't... We, you were reading it. I, I wasn't nah, reading it. I wasn't really. crazy about it. But I feel like, you know, Chelsea Kane, I reckon, would have what it takes to balance that many female characters and turn it into a compelling read. Which Absolutely I don't think agreed. the creative team were able to do. Mm. But she, like, she has such a good understanding of the Marvel Universe. Like, she kind of does kind of have all of all the heroes appear in this. However, it's, you know, nerds cosplaying as the different heroes instead of the actual heroes themselves. Yeah. yeah. But that's great. And, like, she really, like, she really does, goes crazy with this final issue. Absolutely. Um, yeah. This, this was, this, uh, this is one of my favorite books of the year. Mm-hmm. And when, when, annoyingly, it's not collected in all eight issues in one book. No, but the first, um, the first trade paperback was out this week. So I really do highly recommend. Do you know if it's that. the first four issues or the first five issues? Um, I can look that up for you. If you because it's so, yeah, I mean like hopefully that'd be very weird if it was five issues and then they put out like a three issue kind of with a bunch of crappy backups. Although her, her Jessica Jones, um, little story in, 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 uh, choosing size is really great. Yeah, so that was fun. Hopefully that appears in there too. Um, so this collects the first five issues. So yeah, right. So there's three more issues. What are they going to do with those? 
They better collect them. They will collect them, I'm sure. I also, like, will. it's so frustrating when they don't allow the first trade to come out before they choose to cancel a series. Mm. Like, I get it. I know sales figures are, are important and stuff, but, like, if I can give... So many people read and trade. Yeah. There's an amazing interview with um, Mark Russell, who was doing Flintstones mm-hmm. and who did Prez. Um, iFanboy, the um, American podcast, did a Talksplode episode with him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's so compelling. It's, so, it's such a good listen of like, it's someone that has, again, like he's, he's written, only written regular books, regular mm. books, <laughs> books without pictures. Um, and then, and then the first comic he ever did was Prez. He got, wow. he randomly got asked by, by someone at DC to, to, to write Prez. Cool. And, uh, just the, the, the way that, uh, his mind works as a writer. I, I feel like there, there are some parallels between these two, but like also the parallel is that Prez was canceled after mm. six issues, but he's written... 12. So you're going to have six issues that are just never going to see the light of day. Yeah, that's devastating. Which is why the Flintstones is written in like a one and done nature because his first comic ever, he was burned like that. So he now wants to be able to just end, if, if, he, if they're like called No More Comics as of tomorrow, he's like, oh, cool, I ended it on my terms. So that's fine. Oh, wow. Yeah, it does seem so hard for people when they have like, and you really feel it like, I would have liked to see what she had in store originally for the rest of this arc and originally for the rest of like for the next story arc um because you can feel always when this happens that there's just things that weren't but this is the start finished. of a classic take on a character i think like, yeah. This, this, yeah agreed i reckon down the you know 12 issues down the track or whatever like people would have regarded this in the same way they regarded matt fractions hawkeye exactly exactly what i was gonna say yeah, yeah. yeah so i think that's like one of the strongest parallels and it is like I mean, I haven't read many other Mockingbird books, but this is like the iconic Mockingbird book. Surely, like, absolutely, there's nothing else. Yeah, cool. So, look, look, look stupid Marvel. Yeah, and and look, I really, really hope we get an announcement soon about something else that Chelsea Kane is writing because mm-hmm. um, I don't want to go and read a fucking book with no pictures. Yeah, fuck I want that. a new Chelsea Kane comic. So, yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed, guys. Or just put maybe she can just put pictures in her books. <laughs> <laughs> We're simpletons over here. Yeah. Um. Cool. So. uh what about Black Widow? Did you read that one? Yes, I did. How could I not? Um, what a good cover. Yeah, great cover. Even though it kind of looks like an X. So I was like, uh-oh, X-Men. Oh, no. Um, Black Widow written by uh, Chris Wade. Sorry, Mark Wade and Chris Sumney together. <laughs> uh, and uh, art by Chris Sumney. Colors by Matt Wilson. Uh, this is not like... I mean, it's taken me a few issues to just accept that this is nothing like their Daredevil run together. Yeah. There's... Even though that first issue was such an amazing action-packed romp and it was like there was a little bit of like fun to it, mm-hmm. this is not a fun book. This is a very serious spy book. And it's like, again, like I feel like this is going to be one of the most iconic Black Widow books of all time. For sure. It's so good. It's so good, guys. Yeah, I kind of wish I was saving them up and reading them, you know, yeah. all in a big chunk because it is a very... I, like you know, I, f- I forget who little like side characters in this story are, but yeah, totally. But if you are, if you haven't been reading this, um, this issue, which is issue seven, is the start of a brand new story arc called No No More Secrets. Um, so it's a great time to jump on. Kind of. <laughs> uh, yeah. You kind of yeah. yeah There's a bit of. She's now teaming up with the lion, who is uh, who was kind of responsible for the 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 mess she was in in the first arc. Um. And, uh, and then we find out why he hates her. And, and it's, it's so that's, heavy. That, and that's, that's the best thing that they've done in the series so yeah. far. It's, it's an awful, awful flashback. Yeah. But it is, uh, yeah, I just, that really stuck stuck with me. For I couldn't read a book for a while after that. I just kept kept thinking about those, the cold, dead eyes of young Black Widow. Yeah, yeah. Amazing, amazing what, what they've done with the character in this book. And Chris Samney just can, continues to blow me away. I think he's got to be the 
oh, man, I'm having trouble talking because I love it so much. But he, like, he's he's up there with the best cartoonists. Work. Oh, he's incredible, and like, and, this just, and storytelling through cartoons as well is fantastic. I think the lion now is like a very interesting character. Yeah. Um, and this this uh, God, this 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 uh, story ends in such a tragic way. Mm. But the most exciting part of this entire comic, though, have you seen the cover for the next issue? It is like my favorite cover of the year. Oh my god, that's so beautiful! Ah, that's so beautiful. So it's Natasha, Black Widow, um, sitting on a very beautiful crescent moon. Except the crescent moon face is old Nick Fury. Yay! Um, and there's a little like Russian star above the thing. Yeah, oh, man, very into it, guys. The perfect cover. Um, so yeah, I, I, I love this series. It just isn't fun. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. A, it's not. It doesn't a, have to be. The comics don't have to be fun. But, exactly. Uh, it's yeah. not a happy read. You're not going to have any laughs during it. You do breeze through it, though. It's not like a difficult read. No. No. Yeah. Just amazing. Amazing spy comics. So we've done uh, Black Widow. We have done Mockingbird. Let's just keep through it. So all these female superheroes that came out this week. Um, this, spy- was, this was like one of the Marvel weeks that I really enjoy where I get to just read like Mockingbird, Black Widow, Spider-Woman, Squirrel Girl, Thor. Yeah, <laughs> totally, right? Like, and they're, and they're all, they all happen to be the best, too. Yeah, they all happen to be the top of my pile anyway. So um, I said earlier that um, Mockingbird was one of the few events, sorry, a few a few books that tied into Civil War II in, in a successful way. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think uh, Spider-Woman just got bogged down in it. Um, it did, yeah. it did, they did a pretty good job, but like, yeah. um, you basically, you have to, they had to end the, the, their tie-in by making Spider-Woman not friends with Captain Marvel anymore. Which is heavy. So it wasn't it wasn't as good of a book to me um, during those issues. But mm. we get, I think, like, I would compare this immediately to Superman number eight, which mm-hmm. came out recently, which was Superman, Lois Lane, and, 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 uh, and John Kent at the fair, mm-hmm. Superman having a day off. This is Spider-Woman's day off with her children. Yay. And her, her child and, um, and Porcupine's child as well. Um, they go to the beach mm-hmm. in Staten Island. Um, and uh, there's a fight between... Um, Porcupine, because it's not actually Porcupine's day off. He's he's on call, so Spider Woman can have her day off. But they're together at the beach, and Sandman, very very angry Sandman, but not like killing angry, just like you know just breaking <laughs> breaking up a bar, like you know bashing up a, a beach bar because they wouldn't won't put an umbrella in his drink. Um, and so Porcupine has to break up that, has to go and stop him, and it's just awesome. I think this was like my favorite issue all week. I don't yeah. know if that's like a over dramatic thing to say, but I only read it this morning over my over my breakfast, and it made me laugh so much, and I enjoyed it so much. Side and note: Breakfast is a great time to read comics. Great time to read comics, guys. My top <laughs> my top time to read comics. Um, and Ty Walker, the artist, is so good. Yeah. Oh my god, well, I've never heard of it before. It's the third. Yeah. The third. So we've got Corey Walker, Kevin Walker, and now we've got Ty Walker. Are they all married? Are they- <laughs> That's where your mind went. <laughs> you know, I even thought siblings in my like, head and it yeah, still came yeah, right. out married anyway. They're all Mormon. Um, also, Colors, Colors by Rochelle Rosenberg were really, really good in this issue. Yeah. So good. Yeah, everything about this issue was was spectacular. Yeah. From like Jessica Drew's like clothes to the way Porcupine looks when he's in his swimming trunks and putting sunscreen on and like really funny like crying baby faces like oh, just brilliant and so many realistic um, parenting moments too absolutely like, I know, like, I, know I, I feel like every week I'm like I like this book because it was really true to parenting <laughs> 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 but, but like you know, Dennis Hopeless is, is like me, a, a fairly recent dad, and mm. uh, and there are moments where Jessica Drew, like you know, for you know, runs out of wipes and yeah, yeah, that shit happens it, all the time, and like I love that it's in a comic. Absolutely no, <laughs> like it's so sweet that she's a superhero and she's still like, oh, I have to lug this diaper bag all yeah. the way to the beach. Like it's just nice. One thing I have a question about because Jessica, I mean, is that is this? There's one panel where she's holding her son, yeah. and there's her fist starts. 
glowing and he's reaching to her fist. Is that a Jessica Drew power or is Jessica it Drew implying? Power. Okay, she cool. has like a sting. Oh, right. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. She stings people with I was confused. Hands. I was like, is her baby you know got how, mysterious You know how powers? on her hand, on the front ah. cover, she has big, bright, bright you know green what? hands? I'm not that observant. <laughs> it's fine. We all know this. Um, yeah. Spider-Woman, back back as, as good as it's ever been, Absolutely. which is great. Um, Love it. Love it so much. Yeah. And hopefully all the other, all the other great books ahead of time, the Civil War 2 are going to be great again. And as much as we just were like, bad guys turning good, Doctor Doom, so boring. Porcupine's redemption and like his daughter being super proud of him made me like oh, emotional. So good. Yeah, yeah. A lot of great emo- emotional parenting moments this Absolutely. week. Absolutely. Like, again, like, you know, Ant-Man and this were had me, had me feeling parently emotional. <laughs> Um, the Mighty Thor, number 12, written by Jason Aaron. Um, this is written... Oh, this is great. Art by um, uh, Fraser Irving and Russell Dorderman. I love and miss Fraser Irving being on a monthly comic book. I think I was like the only person that really enjoyed that zombie book that he put out a couple of years ago through DC. I, remember that one. I can't remember who it was written by. Um, but it was very like Clarion, the witch boy kind of vibes. And I just think he does such a fucking awesome job with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Such interesting colors and yeah. So um, Thor takes a step back um, in this issue, and this story is all about how Molnir was was created. And I love like Jason Aaron is very great at telling these really like brutal stories of you know Norse mythology tying into mm. everything else. And I, I, I loved this. This was so great. Like yeah. um, you have the the initial stone that was turned into Molnir was a gift from the from the dwarves. There's a really great joke in here about. I can't, I can't even remember how good it was. It was about dwarves being shit. It was great. <laughs> um, and man, um, Fraser Irving, that there's one panel where um, we see Asgard from a distance and you can see the rainbow bridge coming towards it and it's just suspended in the middle of space and I want to get that... Um, tattooed on, on like, to your face. On, yeah, tattooed to my face or on the side of my, my metal van or <laughs> anything like that. It's so cool. Odin says, um, after the dwarves give him a, a rock um, to say thank you for destroying all the frost giants, um, he, uh, he says, um, a rock. I save their tiny scraggly bearded lives and they bring me a rock. Um, such a fitting gift. Um, whenever I look upon this small and utterly useless thing, I will be reminded of dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet dwarf burn. And also, sorry. They end up trapping a, like a, a, an eternal storm mm. into the rock, which is why Molnir is so powerful and has a mind of its own. Because it was a living storm, like a god storm. Yeah. Also, are the space sharks an official... Yeah, they yeah. Existed before. Yeah, no, space sharks are always in, in, in was Thor's the best space. Ever. Yeah, yeah. That was the best. More ever. space sharks More in my Thor comics, please. please. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is this is great. Um, it kind of is a bit of foreboding of what's to come um, in the Thor books because we are we're going to get two Jason Aaron Thor books soon. We're about to get the Unworthy, um, which is all about uh, the uh, the Odinson and, and mm-hmm. his adventures uh, with the um, the Ultimate Thor Universe's hammer mm-hmm. with um, art by. Um, Olivia Coipel, who did oh, some yeah. amazing Thor books um, yeah. a couple of years ago. So with, uh, with Matt Fraction, right? Um, was he Matt Fraction or was he um, on um, the... What's his name? The guy who did it when... Uh, what's his name? It's definitely yeah. what's, what's his, his name? name. Can't think of his Good name. Good or what's his him. name? Yep. Uh, Jay Skaraminski or something like that. What's <laughs> Straczynski? <his name>? Straczynski. <laughs> there we go. Nailed it. <laughs> um, I think this is my most anticipated book is The uh, the Unworthy. Because yeah. I can't wait to find out what, what made him unworthy. I like, know. I just, and it's been like we haven't drawn seen it out. him. Like, you don't never get this shit in comics. It's normally like, yeah, it's like normally r- ruined in the first issue of a, of, of a completely different series. What happens to yeah, in, totally. in events and stuff like that. And this has been like a true mystery of the Marvel Universe. Jason Aaron has kept such a steady hand on the Thor 
um, universe. So I, I love it. I'm excited. Yep. I'm very excited. Um, we saw a little bit more Ant-Man in the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl number 13. Um, when Ant-Man and Tippy-Toe and Squirrel Girl join forces, someone's going to get bit. Nice. That's what the tag says in the front cover. Um, I may be on like, uh, Squirrel Girl Overkill at the moment after reading the mm. graphic novel because I found this book was still fun and everything I love about Squirrel Girl, but I just found it like... It a, took me three goes to read. <laughs> it was quite long. Yeah. And it, it, took you, it took you a while to ingest it all. Um, there are still some belly laughs and everything, but... Yeah. yeah. Like, and it isn't... Like, this isn't my favorite Squirrel Girl arc, and I don't think it's the funniest one. Like, definitely the one about Mole Man wanting to date her was heaps funnier than mm. all of these little guys who keep... If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Who have taken over America. Which happened in the, in the graphic novel, right? It's that this is like Tippy Toe and, and Squirrel Girl having to like... Defeat something that's defeated every superhero. Yeah, um, it's very similar to to the graphic novel, I think, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But like, yeah, I, I yeah, I I love the comics that aren't really about superhero stuff. Yeah, with Squirrel same. Girl in it. Yeah, I love Squirrel Girl's mum being in it. Though. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. my favorite bit. And 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 actually, you know what? They end it really well because it it suddenly becomes a heist comic. Yeah, and and it goes fr- from uh uh you know we're not we're not a squirrel a squirrel girl a CS student a brain in a jar and a robot body. Um, a mum and an ant guy, where the infiltration specialist, the mastermind, the hacker, the muscle, dis- the distraction, and the legendary ex-con gone straight but sucked back in for one last big score. That is the thing that made me like... I was like, oh, wait, this yeah, is the wait, best. Wait, you sucked me back in. Yeah, I love yeah, heists. Yeah. <laughs> um, and especially because uh, the distraction is her mother, who <laughs> in, in the first panel is like holding cookies, and then in the second panel is like wearing like a, uh, a nightgown with a, with a big fan, like fanning <laughs> her face. So great. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. So I'm. Um, yeah. I mean, it's still, still one of the ongoing. best, still best the books best. going on. But yeah, this was one, this is not not one of the better issues. Agreed. Um, cool. Over the boring world of. Do- oh wait, no. Here we go. Hellcat. Oh, I didn't actually Patsy get Walker. through it. How how did it go? Man, you got it in for Caitlin. <laughs> It's so bad. I feel so, I feel so bad because she seems so nice. Anyway, whatever. This was a great issue. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I really love this book. So, Black Cat has hired a bunch of, like, just, like, random street-level thugs who mm-hmm. are just, like, a bunch of girls that call themselves the Black Cats. Cool. And break into uh, people's houses and, and, and um, in, 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 it initially op- opens with them breaking into someone's house of, like, one of their exes and he's very rich, but he's a rich songwriter, like a rock star who's written a crappy breakup song about one of them. Oh, okay. So they, like, spray paint all over his house and ruin all his stuff. And it's uh, it's just, like, it's really cool. Like, I love how low okay, stakes... Okay, but DK left have a really serious breakup recently. Because <laughs> that is another getting back at exes. Oh, and then the the main crux of the issue is about um, one of the characters in this uh, that we thought was gay. Oh. Wasn't always, you know, he, oh, okay. he, he dated a girl at some point. Oh, right, okay. Uh, and, and, she, and so broke up with her and so that, that like, she's angry and, and wants to fight everybody because he broke up with her. Yeah, right. So there's a lot of breaking up going on in Kate Left's A lot books. of breakups. Maybe you just hate breakups. I really hate it to stay together, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a great, a great book. Uh, again, you know, we we always sing the praises of Brittany Williams, whether we're reading her here best. or Goldie Vance. But yeah, it's excellent. And it, and there's you know, like Jubilee is like teaching all of um, Hellcat's friends how to spar, Fun. like and, and like you know how to fight properly. And and, and her little little kid is there. It's great. Parenting. Yeah, I would love a you know, how many parenting books are there now. And also, Black Cat has been a real bummer in the Marvel universe lately yeah. because she's like, you know, really bad again and. Mm. And like, has it really in for Spider Man? And I just I don't, I don't enjoy it at the moment. But this is this is a great, like, great black cat. Cool. Because you can be, you can do a lighter black cat in in a Hellcat story. Yeah, absolutely. I love that this is like you know, it feels like a tween book, but I yeah. fucking love it. Like, it's very like low stakes. Yeah. It's very cute. It's very funny. Um, yeah, I think it's I, like I mean I do think it's a good book overall. Okay, I'm gonna you. read that. I'm still it's still in my pile. I'm still gonna read that. Yeah, anyway, I love it. It's fine. great. Cool. All right. Over to the boring world of gross dude here. Oh. Doctor Strange, number 13. I really love this arc How? so much. Yeah. So it looks like now that everyone realizes that there's no magic in the world and Doctor Strange is, uh, you know, underpowered, mm. all of his villains have, are coming for him at, at once. once. So this this one features Baron Mordo, Nightmare, um, uh, um, Dormammu. Uh, and uh, who comes from at the end? Um, what's her name? Um, she is oh, Satana, Satana, daughter I, of Satan. Yes, I've not read her before, but me neither. But really man. love her introduction in this; it's excellent. And Chris Pacello draws like an excellent Satana. Oh, and and an excellent nightmare sequence too. So basically, yeah. like um, in order to fight nightmare. Um, Doctor Strange steals the nightmares of every person sleeping in the world and essentially wakes everybody up so he has to deal with all of their nightmares alone instead of being instead of using like nightmares not able to just transport him into different people's dreams because he just takes them all and puts them all in the same place and combats them all and one by one. And he has to one. deal with all of them and so there's like this great sort of page of him like experiencing everyone else's um, nightmares whether that's like scary clowns or waiting in a queue or being buried alive or losing all or- his teeth or being naked on stage. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> great. Yeah. This was such a fun issue. So oh my great. goodness. And I've kind of said a few times, like, oh, you know, this isn't Jason Aaron's better, one of his better books, blah, blah, but I, I love this now. Yeah, this was a brilliant issue and really played to Chris Pacello's strength as an artist. Definitely. I really thought, it, like, I mean, the, the sort of thing where it's sort of his perfect dream and he's, like, 
come home with a bunch of ladies and then yeah. all of a sudden there's like more and more women and he just keeps being like, I swear there was only two of you. Yeah. <laughs> really made me laugh. I love that like that's just part of Doctor Strange is that he's like just this like gross womanizer who kind yeah. of regrets it. Yeah. yeah. But all surgeons are, aren't they? Sure. That's just me having some like... Sorry to all surgeons yeah. listening. You're all disgusting. You're all very faithful to your, to your wife. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, Black Panther, number seven by uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates and Chris Browse. This had some of the best moments of this series so far. Absolutely. But I pinpointed what stops me from loving this book. Oh, okay, great. So in every issue of this, he tells not just the story of uh, Mm T'Challa. And my initial gripe was that my favorite thing about Black Panther is that he is like pretty much gets, he he gets the better of everyone. Mm. He's, He's better than all other heroes, all other villains, no one gets one up on Black Panther. Mm. But in this iteration of, of Black Panther, everyone gets one up on Black Panther and he has an entire nation of Wakanda against him pretty much. And I don't like that aspect of it, but I'm interested in yeah. seeing how this plays out. And What's... he did fight Ezekiel Stain literally with his hands tied behind his back. So in this that issue. aspect so of it fun. I fucking loved. I loved that we have like a, a group called The Crew. Yes. Who are Black Panther, Luke Cage, Misty Knight, um, Storm and um, Manifold. Please, please, please give Tanihisi Coates um, a Misty Knife book. Yeah. Oh, man. Wrote the fuck out of Misty yeah. Knife with some great dialogue. So fun. Um, so fun between her and Luke. But that um, was that, but that, that's excellent, right? Yeah. We get four pages of that. Yeah. So this, my problem with this book is he balances so many different stories that we only get little glimpses into each issue mm. that it feels like an anthology book. And not only do we see like a minimum of like three stories kind of going on with each with like the same amount of pages dedicated to them in each issue, every single story, every single issue has had one of those stories involve one character telling another character a story. Yeah. So you have like a story within a story alongside two other stories and you each, each of them get the same amount of page time. So you never really are able to comp- to properly sink into where this book, what this book is trying to do. Yeah. I think, I think I, I totally understand that, um, and I think it'll probably be one that reads a lot better in trade. Absolutely, I totally um, get that. Yeah, because he is like he's balancing a lot of story arcs. Like we get, he's, the story he's of, writing it like a novel. Like he's, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. exactly. Yeah. It feels like a novel. Like there's that many storylines, and he's obviously used to having that much kind of room and space to do what he wants um, in terms of that sort of stuff. But I, yeah, I mean, I, I still really think this is a brilliant book. I love the story arc with um, his sister Shuri, who's in the sort of Yes, that, know, that afterlife and that like, certainly that's got great. that got quite riveting. I love. I I'm I'm more and more really really enjoying the story of the older sort of academic character who was well, like I mean, who's anti-establishment. And... That's that's all the enjoyment you'll get of his character now. Yes, well, <laughs> yes, but I thought that was cool. Um, R.I.P. Uh, <laughs> oh, and the bad guy. Oh no, he doesn't die. He doesn't die at the end. Are you sure? Yeah. He's still okay there. Is he? All right. But we'll the see. but there's a very the the ending is very ominous and um yeah, the bad guy is very, very compelling, I think. Sure. Yeah, we burnt we burned down the house with the robber inside. So basically They're gonna destroy all of Wakanda to take down Black Panther. Yep. Clever. Ooh. Great. Loved it. Yeah. I, I really love it. I I'm re- I'm really on board, but I, yeah. I was finally able to pinpoint what what's stopping me from really loving it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Just not, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I hope that he continues to write comics and that it's not just restrained to this one Black Panther arc because I think that he could end up being an amazing comic book writer. Yep. Um, Uncanny Inhumans, number 14. Um, this was 
funny because it's like one of the few series that's still tying into Civil War Two. Mm, every, every every other series is like, okay, forget that mess and it's <laughs> living over yet. Um, and I had to kind of like reset my brain to be like, oh yeah, that's still going on. Yeah, let's go back to this world. Um, so this is uh, the Inhumans taking on Tony Stark and his uh, legion of, of Iron Men. Mm. I forget how this one even resolved itself. Same. Maximus, does Maximus do anything? But yeah, he's kind of mm, in He's it. just like chilling in the background, making some sassy faces. I think that was my favorite thing about this issue. Um, the art by, I think, Kim Jacinto, I think that's how you'd say. Yeah. Um, does some sassy Maximus the Mad faces, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, you know, this, 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 I just remember this now. So basically this ends with like um, everyone kind of admitting to to Tony Stark that like, you know, like that, that it wasn't them who planned the attacks and um, and uh, he, he kind of, he, he takes um, Triton away with him because Triton was kind of behind it. He, he, he got Maximus the Mad mm. to you know, put him up to this. And so he takes Ma- um, Triton away and then kind of goes like to Medusa, like get your house in order. Yeah. And then that's the end. Yeah, I just like I f- this felt like um, that uh, the Ulysses series, and that it was like a bunch all, all a bunch of hoo ha. Yeah, with then, no consequences. Then, exactly, nothing at all. And I Absolutely. feel like this is just like filler. I think yeah, it definitely reads like filler, and that's always disappointing. But um, the preview, like next month's cover that they have in the back, looks awesome. Yes, like that's just a cover of um, Black Bolt in his sort of tux, which has a really cool like Kirby esque sort of. Black Bolt jaggedy lines going down it, um, <coughs> singing into a microphone like an old school crooner and disintegrating the microphone. Yeah. I'm very excited about whatever that is. Well, Black Bolt is the best thing about the Inhumans. And I know. We get, and, and considering there are like fucking five Inhuman related titles yeah. and, and they're played so heavily in this big event, we get not enough Black and Bolt. And it blows my mind that they have done a concept as cool as Black Bolt running his own underground Inhuman speakeasy and have not actually put that in a comic. They have. Blows, there, there, like, there have been a barely, few. Yeah, the, the, know, like, the best issues of Un- Uncanny Inhumans exactly. featured that. Like, yeah. just do a comic set in that. That's I know, right? Yeah. It's way better than anything else. The I reckon, the, I, like, I know that, the, you know, we know something something happens to Tony Stark at the end of Civil War II. I'm sure what something is... I think, I'm sure something's going to happen to Medusa as well because I feel like... I don't know. I feel like like she's they just made her into a boring character by they making really her be the ruler. She's just always like this be all end all like yeah, I don't know. They need to make they need to give her a funner role and so hopefully she steps down from I mean she's the queen forever, but I don't even know. Yeah, who knows. Boring. Boring. Um speaking of boring. <laughs> Death of X number 2 or 4, another one of Charles Soule and Def Lemire, two writers that we really love. I don't know. I mean, I feel like this is very editorial mandated. Yeah, this to is fill a hard in the one. gaps. I mean, yeah, I just like, it's funny that, like, you know, we rave, especially about Lemire, but I'm about to rave about one of his other books later in the episode. Mm. But uh, this just, it doesn't feel like the, the writers that we know and love on this. Um, the yeah. art by Aaron Cooter is great. Yeah, especially that cover. Love it. Yeah, excellent cover. But um, like, this just feels like such an unnecessary event. Yeah, it really does. It's one of the... It's one of the all-time stupidest events, and it's one of those ones where, like, you like they've <laughs> Cyclops is now the mo- like the least attractive character in the whole Marvel universe. Like, he's so consistently he, he's consistently a bad guy, mm-hmm. and he doesn't even exist in that like you know Magneto esque ambiguity. Everyone still acts like he's on the side of the angels, but he like killed Charles Xavier and left his wife and child and, like, has been consistently an asshole since the 90s and just killed yeah. Cyclops already. I know, I'm, apparently this is... Do you reckon that's what's going ha- to happen at the end of this? I don't know. I hope so. Um, and Emma Frost, too. 
I hope not, because I love Emma. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really, I, that's it. I do like Cyclops' costume at the moment. I know everyone else hates it. I kind of like it. With a big X over his face. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> um, so, the dumbest thing that happens in this book, I don't really need to talk about anything more than this, but I just want to say the, the one dumbest thing. Uh, after finding, like, one dead mutant and, and realizing that the Terrigen Mists uh, can kill and harm mutants, mm. um, Scott Cyclops uh, projects his... His, the vision of himself into the mind of every single person on the planet Earth. See, what a dick. Like, how many mutants are there? How invasive How many is mutants that? are there? Like, like, like a thousand? Yeah. And how many humans are there? Like a couple hundred? Yeah. So because of the actions of a couple hundred people that are going to affect a thousand people at most, he projects his, his, his image into the minds of billions I don't like know. Just bonkers. Don't mean some people just like so so fucking what Cyclops? No, yeah. Like we all hate you enough. Yeah. Shut up. I want to go back to bed. <laughs> if you got woken up by a mutant going on and on about some fucking pea green soup mist that yeah makes like obscene like you know makes, makes mutants you sick. sick. Yeah, I, I would just be like fuck off. Just deal with it. Also, yeah. like it's so frustrating. What it's a so waste of her powers. It's so frustrating reading this comic as well because it's like. Like, Storm kind of fixes it. Like, Storm has it under control and is clearly, like, the better leader of the X-Men. Goes and, like, has a diplomatic conversation with Medusa and they sort it out and everything's fine. And then Cyclops, like, they're trying to kill us, everyone. It's, it's an war. Act of war. It's yeah. so dumb. Yeah. Dumb, really dumb, stupid. dumb. And also, like, he recruits Magneto at the end of this. But it's like, aren't they already in the same league together anyway? Yeah. Yeah. Like, why is that a big deal? Exactly. But Mag- that is a cool image of Magneto. Yeah. Great image. I mean, like I said, the art in this is great. Yeah. Even the even the pea green soup mist looks great. Yeah. <laughs> um, take back the shield. Hashtag. Um, issue number 14 of uh, Nick Spencer's Sam Wilson, Captain America. Uh, unfortunately, no Daniel Lacuna art, but we do get uh, incredible art from Paul Renault instead. Oh, I totally forgot R- to Renaud read this. Or Ren- oh, really? Good job, me. <clears throat> um, so this is uh, just escalating. You know, the the American government and 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 especially the right wing forces against Sam Wilson. Um, in this, you we get uh, what's his name, Flag Smasher, cool an older, and and he he's kind of like you know to Sam Wilson. You're, you're, you're like basically he's 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 on the far left, like a radical left kind of guy, who mm. who ends up killing a senator. Um, but it turns out the entire thing has been set up by um, Steve Rogers to kind of take mm. take Sam this out is of the evil picture. Hydra. Yeah, yeah. Steve Rogers. Um, so yeah, I, 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 they're really going for the the evil Hydra thing. I didn't realize that it was going to like affect Sam Wilson's book. I mean, of course it is. Yeah, I mean, I guess something. that's the benefit of Nick Spencer having control over all of the Captain America books is that he can kind of tie those things. In, yeah, which is and cool. Then the next big event is the Hydra War. Ah, uh, right. Okay. Cool. So we're, we're working towards that. So yeah, I'm. I'm. I was really, really interested when it was just uh, Sam Wilson versus, you know, shock jocks and the government. Mm. Um, but uh, I mean, I guess cool. Yeah, the the, the two books are going to overlap now. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Cool. It's like we don't read them every every time they come out. <laughs> uh, finally, one of my favorite books this week was uh, Kingpin number four, Matt Morisenberg um, on writing and uh, drawn by Ricardo Lopez Ortiz and Hayden Sherman. Uh, we've really loved this series since it started. Um, initially, it kind of started out as like um, Kingpin hiring an inhuman who uh, whose very presence means that the um, the, that Ulysses isn't able to find out what Kingpin is doing. <coughs> so in a way, it made Kingpin untouchable. <clears throat> but then it uh, you know, it became an incredible uh, battle between Kingpin and the Punisher. Mm-hmm. And um, finally, we, we, we get 
we see uh, the the Inhuman that uh, that Kingpin hired at the start of the, of the series get what's coming to him. Um, I thought this was an incredible uh, exploration of Kingpin as a character mm-hmm. and a great story. Yeah, brilliant, so with, brilliant with art that you don't normally see in Marvel books as well. And like incredible art, like such a good job at um, establishing the Kingpin as a really physical presence. Like you really feel in every panel how much bigger and stronger and scarier he is than everyone. Yep. And some great like facial expressions. Like when he's in full on sort of rage mode, his eyes are just terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant issue. I'm so geeked for the um, ongoing Kingpin series. I think yeah. that they've set something up really cool. I go as far to say as this is the best thing to come out of Civil War Two. This, mm. this comic book, and uh, I'm very excited for. Uh, I, I, I think it's Matt Rosenberg writing it. Hopefully, it's a completely the same creative team doing it. But yeah, there's a Kingpin ongoing series beginning next year. Cool, very. It's huge. gonna be cool. Very good. Um, I read I read this week's issue of Amazing Spider-Man. Also, did you read it? No, should I? Um, well, I mean, if it ties into the clone conspiracy stuff, it's pretty good fun. Um, we've got Otto Octavius back, mm-hmm. and we see how he's sort of returned. So this is like, I, it's pretty confusing. But if you followed Superior Spider-Man, there was like a um, couple of, a story arc where they travel back in time, and so yep. this is that version of Otto Octavius before he comes. So it's not the Otto Octavius that eventually went like, oh, you. Peter Parker really is the superior Spider-Man. It's not the one that had that personal growth. It's still the one who's obsessed with the idea that he is the best superior oh, Spider-Man. Shit. Right. So um, that's the that's the Otto that has been cloned. Oh, that's boring. <clears throat> it is, but it's yeah. I mean, it's not. It's not. You know, I think it's hard because I loved. I loved the superior Spider-Man, and that was one of the most satisfying kind of um, changes in character. Um, but this is like, I mean, Doctor Ock is always cool as well. Yeah. No. Totally. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just find like that was such a great character moment when he finally admitted defeat. Yeah. Um. On like a mental level. Yeah, it was huge. Like, and I, to, to bring him back just feels like a, a, a reset. Yes. Which is probably what they're doing. So yeah. yeah, like everything, everything's just being reset. Um. But you know, I, I still solid issue. Dan Slott still knows what he's doing. Yeah. I thought it was good. Cool. So those are our Marvel reviews for the week. Um, a lot of Marvel books came out this, this week. Yeah. Um, significantly Ooh. less DC books came out, so we're going to dive into those right now. Yep. Uh, should we start with your favorite DC book this week, Siobhan? Ooh, I don't know what my favorite DC book was this week. Probably Batman, I Batman? think. Yeah. So this is uh, the first story out of the um, Batman and the Monster Men, Night of the Monster Men mm-hmm. uh, miniseries that we were meh about. Yeah. Was all right. Um, this is Tom King with um, art by Mikkel Mikkel Janin Janin, um, yeah. and he did the um, the rebirth issue of Batman. <coughs> Someone on our Facebook page said that they didn't like. Was it the way it'd been coloured? Yeah, said it looked flat. I like it. It looks watercolory to me. That's yeah, that's how I saw it. Yeah. Um, and this has. I mean, I think that this book was like established as my favourite of the week. Once um, you realise that it's Bane talking and we see Bane sitting um, completely nude on a throne of skulls. Yeah. That great. Like amazing. <laughs> ama- but like, fuck Tom King is so clever. And I don't know how much is like Tom King and how much is Mikhail Janin, but um, you know, the idea of Bane like being so confident <laughs> naked is such a like scary thing. Like it's so intimidating. Totally. Because he's so huge. And so like, Muscly, yeah, brilliant, totally brilliant, and like having Bane and Psycho Pirate teaming up. And- well, yeah, so so Bane's basically kicked Venom. He doesn't need to take Venom anymore, but mm-hmm. instead of that, he basically needs Psycho Pirate to give him the emotion of happiness. Yeah, to tell him that he's brave. 
So yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, so really, we have a really on edge Bane uh, as as the main um, antagonist in this new run. But uh, we see this, uh, this this issue. This arc is called "I Am Suicide," mm-hmm. um, and uh, this sees um, Batman go to Arkham Asylum and basically recruit his own team of, of, of like like Suicide Squad of, of villains. Um, and so we get some very funny and obscure and possibly like weird visions of what's to come uh, in, in not just Batman, but also the Rebirth universe in general. Mm-hmm. There's a member of Legion uh, in yes, Arkham Asylum. Yes, that was huge. Legion of Superheroes. That was so cool. What? <laughs> Sorry. But yeah. That was exciting. Um, yeah, the, the Arkham stuff was super exciting. I think, you know, the the reintroduction of Selina Kyle was really cool. I didn't expect that at all. That no, was a real surprise. I, was like, this is gonna, I, thought, I, thought, I actually thought it was going to be the Joker. Yeah, same. And I think that's cool because I think that's how they were clearly setting it up because we set, we like, the first time you see her, it's this kind of smiling muzzle that's on her face, like covering her entire face. Yeah. So you kind of assume and then she just meows and it's the best <laughs> but she's not not not, not the selena kyle that we know and love she's this is the the crime boss of yeah. uh of gotham and she has a massive kill count to her name very cool <coughs> do you reckon she killed those people herself or she's been framed i hope she killed them herself really bring back bring back evil selena yeah fun um also fun because i love that tom king brings in some like slightly dorky elements of um batman and really kind of uses them and makes them great like i love that he's brought back the kind of playboy-esque um bruce wayne kind of characteristic and also the the button being inside the bust of shakespeare and yeah going down a little um his little slide to totally. get to the back cave yeah so definitely fun. so fun um i've never read a batman book with punch and julie in it before yeah um yeah like i mean the characters are super familiar i feel like i probably know them from jsa or something like that they seem mm. like that kind of villain i've definitely read comics right. with them and i just like they're just a uh, um, couple who commit crimes. I yeah. think that's all you really need to know. <laughs> excited that the Bronze Tiger is back. That's exciting. He's yes, good. I love the Bronze Tiger. Uh, and Ventriloquist as well. Yeah. One of, my, one of my all-time favorite Batman villains. So, yeah, th- this is a great start to what will hopefully be getting a, a really great run. Yeah, it was, I mean, because I think we were both a little bit like, oh, a little bit, like just a little bit disappointed by the um, Night of the Monster Man issues. And so it's very nice to see Tom King back in full form Guns for this blazing. Issue. Um. Batman's good. You know who else is good? Nightwing. Uh, this is the start of a of a story called Rise of Raptor. Mm-hmm. Raptor is uh, the kind of m- not quite mentor figure, but he's a criminal that that, that Nightwing is having to work with um, against the court of the Parliament of Owls in mm-hmm. uh, in the earlier issues of Nightwing, and uh, he basically challenges Nightwing to not play by Batman's rules. And in this book, once uh, it's been established that kind of Raptor is kind of betrayed. Uh, Betrayed uh, Spiral, who is mm-hmm. the team that um, that Nightwing works for. Um, Nightwing goes to kind of basically bring Raptor in, mm-hmm. but uh, it turns out Raptor has other plans and reveals that he is a lot more connected to Nightwing's entire life than uh, Nightwing originally anticipated. I really like this issue. Yeah, this really is a great good. issue. This great is a- art too by someone who I don't necessarily. Fernandez, know. what's his name? Uh, Javier, Javier Fernandez. Fernandez. He's done a lot of these issues, and they've all been quite great. Mm. Yeah. This is this is one of the better books coming out of DC at yeah, the moment. Yeah, absolutely. All the Bat books are really good, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know what else is really good at the moment? What? Superman. It's the best. Yay. Uh, it is. Written by Patrick Tomasi. Sorry, Peter Tomasi and Patrick Gleason uh, with art by Doug Monkey. This is the uh, sequel to the two-parter Escape from Dinosaur Island, mm-hmm. which is uh, the little homage to Darwin Cook. Mm-hmm. 
um, aforementioned in this episode. Unfortunately, we, we, we lost Darwin uh, earlier in the year mm-hmm. um, to cancer. Um, and uh, this is kind of like taking little cues from his fantastic um, book, DC, The New Frontier, specifically the plot regarding the Losers, who are a, uh, a team of... Uh, of soldiers who were kind of left behind on Dinosaur Island mm-hmm. and uh, were all picked apart by dinosaurs living on the island. Uh, in this one, we, it, it's kind of this book, this issue took, it, took a, a step that I wasn't expecting and it just became an all-out fight against dinosaurs and giant monkeys. Yeah, amazing. I really <laughs> thought that, that was going to be ultra-humanite for a minute and I was like, whoa, this comic is going in a weird direction. Sure. But then it was just a big white monkey. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I thought this was really, really fun and, and just great. You know, it, it wasn't just, it wasn't a really, really tame kind of homage mm-hmm. to Darwin. In, in, it just kind of like took a took an idea from, from DC Frontier, Ran paid its respects it. to it, and then just went, went crazy. It was yeah, great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely um, was, uh, took more liberties with the sort of original Darwin Cook story than I had expected it to. I thought it would be like almost more kind of passively respectful but i think that they just nailed it they did such an awesome job yeah um and i love doug Mankey. i think that he's uh, a really perfect fill-in artist for this team definitely yeah um so this is this is a great run this is like a great a great two-parter and a a great run Mm -hmm. superman batman nightwing the three dc comics you should be reading absolutely and wonder woman too but oh we can talk about that oh no next week yeah Uh, speaking of which you know how last week i accidentally fucked up the pronunciation of uh the artist on wonder woman Yes. She listened to the episode and uh, and made fun of me. So, great. Thanks to her. Yay! <clears throat> um, Dark Knight 3, The Master Race uh, by uh, Frank Miller, Brian Azzarello, Andy Cubitt. Mm-hmm. Uh, this book is just overstaying its welcome and I wish to not read it anymore. Agreed. I found this really just hard to read as well. Like, it's not... Um, I don't feel like the storytelling is particularly strong. What's the story? Uh, evil Kryptonians. Yeah, I mean, like, but it's just like it, that's, it, it's yeah. so simple. It's such yeah. a simple story, but they just drag it the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. And it look, yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, it's not good. I think that the uh, the little comic inside this week, um, the one that sort of Frank Miller, I think draws mostly yeah. by yeah, himself. Yeah, of course, of course, it's his hand drawing. There's some disgusting. Well, I mean, the cover is the, the, the mental. Wonder Woman's the cover butt is, is so stupid. Like, yeah, the covers. I mean, he's a very old man. Um, but I liked, I liked that little comic, which was a sort of fight between Wonder Woman and her daughter a little bit more, but it's very dry. It's not, it's got some crazy butts in it. (laughs) If I was DC, I'd be like, I'd like reveal that Frank Miller like draws with his mouth now or something like that (laughs) to explain it all. But yeah, this is. is Yeah. Look. For completists who love The Dark Knight and love Frank Miller's work, pick it up. Otherwise, don't I'm, worry I, about I'm, it. I'm reading this and then just putting it straight back on the shelf. I'm yeah. like reading it because I'm like keen to know what happens, but that's it. Yeah. Um, Trinity number two. We loved the first issue of this uh, by Francis Manipal, as in is written, drawn, colored, inked. Everything. Everything by uh, Fran- I don't think he's on letters. Um, but yeah, Francis Manipal doing uh, Trinity, the uh, team up between Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman. This is... Uh, um, it, it feels a lot more like, I mean, especially this issue, it's it's, it's mostly a Superman book yeah. w- in which Wonder Woman and Batman happen awesome. to be along for the ride. Although, <coughs> one of Batman's villains reveals herself at the end, so that's exciting. Mm, absolutely. Um, I think I think the thing, the most exciting thing about this book is Francis Manipal's art for me. Like, I, I love him. I miss him on The Flash constantly. I think that he draws a beautiful Wonder Woman. Um, so that's very, very cool to see. 
it's not the most compelling story of all time. I don't know. I loved so in this, he's, they've been transported back to um, a time when um, uh, the original uh, Clark's fra- father, Jonathan Kent, was alive, mm-hmm. and you know, no relationship is more important to Clark Kent than the relationship between himself and John Kent. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not really able to reveal that he is his son, but he is able to reveal that he knows everything about him and appreciates him. Mm. I thought those, those moments in particular were the highlight of the issue. Yeah, they were very sweet. It was a very sweet, very sweet. Moments. I'm not really sure what, you know, how long this series is going to be around for or what are the main themes it's going to explore, but this is pretty interesting. Mm. Um, you know, it looks like they're all dreaming. They haven't actually been transported to another world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's very, uh, it is, it's definitely interesting. This just wasn't a super action-packed issue, I but yeah. um, still definitely on board. I'm, I'm, more, I'm always okay with a non-action-packed issue. Yeah. This one reminds me a little bit of For the Man Who Has Everything, which is the uh, book where Batman and Robin give um, Superman a birthday present. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> but someone's given him like an alien that's stuck to his face mm-hmm. and ha- transports him into the world that he wants to live in more than anything. And that's, you know, that Krypton is still a place. Mm. Um, that's a, by Alan Moore. It's one of the best Superman issues ever. Mm. But uh, this reminds me a little bit of that. Hmm. High praise. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I also read the second issue of Raven this week. Was it week. good? Well, no, not really. Disappointing. Um, you know, Marv, Marv Wolfman's and must be in his... Hundreds. 50s or 60s by now. So I, <laughs> I guess, you know, asking him to write a teen book is a little bit hard. It's pretty good, though. I think that they're doing, like, reasonable um, a reasonable job with um, Raven as a character. I really like the art by Alison Borges probably pronounced that completely incorrectly um she does some incredible like sort of uh character work and facial expressions and she does a good job of um keeping it looking contemporary Mm -hmm. um which i think is really really great it's just not it's just not that strong which is disappointing damn yeah um finally from dc or in particular vertigo um i finally caught up on every single issue of astro city just in time for Issue 40 to come out this week. This is Kurt Busiek's, um, you know, long-spanning superhero epic. It's a, it's his tribute to the idea of the superhero. And mm. Astro City is, a, is an American city where that has, like, the origins of superheroes. And it's also, like, home to pretty much most of the world's superheroes. Okay, cool. Um, and it's, 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 you know, it would be a single issue or a couple of arcs a couple of you know, a couple of issue arc, long arcs just about different characters within Astro City. Sometimes it's about the superheroes, but the best issues are the ones that are about about people that just live in the city, this city that's dominated by superheroes and how that affects their lives or what kind of jobs exist for a world in which mm. the Justice League equivalent exists. So like there's a great arc with a woman who works in like the Justice League equivalent's call center. Oh, amazing. And uh, this one, uh, issue 40, wasn't the strongest issue, but um, you know, I'm, I'm mostly reviewing it, so I can say I'm, I've caught up now. So from this point forward, we'll be reviewing uh, Astro City as it comes up, comes out each month. Nice job. Um, for the most part, this has been uh, drawn by uh, Brett Anderson, um, but uh, he's been able to take a little, little a, few, a few months off here and there, and they've had a, a different fill-ins. I really, really love the art in this by um, someone, Carnero. Um, oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> it's written in here somewhere, guys. But uh, this is about a, a lawyer who uh, pretty much gets brought on, gets gets transported to a mystical realm uh, by a, like a female equivalent to Doctor Strange and has to kind of, there's a, there's a legally bound contract that she's made with some demons that she needs a lawyer to look at to see if there's any holes in it. Um, it's a big fantastical story with, a, you know, a, a funny kind of real world 
comparison in the middle of it. It's really great. It's really warm. Uh, and it's, you know, this, this series I think is a must read for anybody that, that loves superheroes. Uh, it, it certainly, it starts out as good as it ever gets. So like, if you want to get hooked, just get that first trade and you'll, you know, read superhero stories that you, you know, won't, won't find anywhere else. Mm. Um, it definitely dips throughout the run and they're currently like, they're a bit that issue 41 comes out next month. And then it's a double issue, and it's actually their hundredth issue since they start. It's like you know the equivalent of like right, you know, right. once it, if you add them all together, it's hundred issues of Astro City. So, I've, I've come I've come on board on issue number ninety nine, and I'm uh, looking forward to number one hundred. It's a great series. If you haven't read Astro City, just you have to go and bloody read it. Oh, so that's uh, DC list. done, Marvel done. Should we start with another sort of alternate superhero universe? Yeah, sure. So we, this week we also got um, issue four of Jeff Lemire and Dean Ormston's. Black Hammer, which is the series about a sort of golden age era superhero team who end up in an alternate universe, trapped there in other bodies um, since they saved their own universe. I really enjoyed this issue. This is this is a, like you know he's, these issues are like ten out of ten each time they come out. Like Agreed. This is this is Lemire's best work in a long time, mm-hmm. and he's been doing pretty good books. I mean, mm. if you exclude a lot of the X Men stuff he's been doing. But this is so fun. You know, we get to see a little bit more um, history of the characters from the previous um, universe. Like, we now get the um, origin story of Abraham Slam, who's kind of, I guess, the the main protagonist of the series, as he prepares to bring his girlfriend over for the first time and intro intro her to his extremely weird family, which includes a really sassy robot, another sassy alien, a sassy small child... And a witch and a ghost man yeah. sort of thing. It's awesome. Um, it's so good, guys. Especially because it kind of like it looks like it's like you know that, that everything's turning to shit, and then it kind of comes around, and it's, you always you get the, you get the the closest thing to a happy ending that we've got in uh, in Black Hammer so far. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I love this book. I wonder how many issues it's going to run for. I don't know because they're exploring a lot of themes here, and I, I really hope it wraps up. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like, like. Yeah, interesting because. Um, Oh, I guess we we only got a little bit. Normally, we'd get more of a backup story from Jeff Lemire about what's going on in the, the universe that, that they originally came from, mm. um, and we just got one sort of page of that. But I'm I'm geeked to see, um, yeah, I'm geeked to see where this goes. Yeah. I hope it's I hope it's selling well because it's brilliant. I mean, look how brilliant the cover for next month's issue is. Yeah, I think I got a, a variant this this week, which I really really love. Oh wow, that's an awesome variant. It looks like a Golden Age comic. It's Beautiful, great. really great. Uh, so that came out through uh, Dark Horse. Dark mm-hmm. Horse also put out another of my favorite comics this week. Um, it's a comic that unfortunately Siobhan had stopped reading. Uh, I just missed a couple of issues and I got too lost. Uh, so this is Depth, uh, also known as Department H, mm-hmm. um, by Matt Kent and Charlene Kent. It's a murder mystery set under the water. And uh, while I talk about this, I'm going to be talking about a great companion book to it, which is Hadrian's Wall, which came out through Image. This is a murder mystery set in space. Yeah. Um, and so both of these, you know, I mean, depth is like, uh, what, how many, well, is- seven issues deep. Hadrian's Wall is, is two issues deep. And so in Hadrian's Wall, we're only just really kind of getting to know the suspects, mm-hmm. whereas depth kind of explores a different suspect pretty deeply in each episode, in each issue. Um, you know, they're both really, really great, well-crafted mystery books set in a fantastical place yeah absolutely um depth is like teeming with like weird inventions and and bizarre kind of like creatures you know far below the surface of the earth um and hadrian's wall is like you know kind of like a dark sci-fi futuristic kind of organization they're both 
they were both far and away like you know some of my favorite issues that came out this week. Absolutely, I read Hadrian's Wall and it was a great issue. I love um, it's such a complicated book because even though it's sort of set in space, it's a universe in which like the detective that they happen to get to solve this murder is the like ex husband of um, the woman whose partner just died. So it's all complicated when he's asking her about how their relationship was, and it's yeah, I love. It's got um, good sort of soap opery drama elements, which I'm into. Yeah, and then depth is is about uh, the daughter um, of a, of her murdered father going mm. down below to his to her father's uh, scientific lab lab in the sea to just to try and figure out who killed him. And uh, I will small spoiler: there has been another murder. In no depth. way! So um, oh god, yeah, really wish I hadn't missed that. <laughs> Two great series. Murder mysteries are the best, especially when they're set in. Uh, locations that are not achievable for us to live in. Absolutely. So fun. So uh, Hadrian's Wall came out through Image. Image also put out Manifest Destiny number 24. Now, I hear you say, but you've never reviewed any issues of this before. Mm. That's because Stephen Scott, one of our listeners, uh, pretty much hassled us until one of us read it and caught up. Uh, And so uh, I caught up just in time for part six of six of uh, this uh, arc called Sasquatch. This is a, um, uh, a comic about Lewis and Clark who uh, were real-life American explorers, travelled from uh, the east to the west, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, claiming America for, for Americans. Um, this kind of has their real-world kind of elements. You have, like, an ongoing confusion and battles between um, Native Americans and the, and the settlers. Mm-hmm. Um, but more than anything, this is about, like, fantastic beasts and creatures that they encounter in their travels. Um, so you've had like, you know, weird, uh, like a weird fungus that kind of turns people into zombies. Mm -hmm. Um, there have been like minotaurs, um, cyclops, a big ginormous frog, um, like crazy creatures, but it's still kind of told you get like the diary entries of Lewis, of of Lewis Mm. and Clark. And, and, you know, there are all these actual real world figures within this story, like, and, and, and you kind of get flashbacks to why they go on this mission to begin with. Uh, this arc ended the least spectacularly, um, any of the arcs have ended so far. Um, it's more about building the mythology behind what, what created this crazy world, and uh, how they how they were set on this this uh, expedition to begin with, and what what dangers they may face on their on their further travels. It's a, it's a really great imaginative book. Mm. It's um, definitely very different. Like I've never heard of anything like it. You know, like using sort of. I mean, there's like historical fantasy, but this seems to be taking it like an extra level. Absolutely, yeah, and and, and they just. It's like it's a monster book. It's a um, like a. History book. Sci-fi book. It's a there's, there's all kinds of like dark arts kind of stuff going on. It's great. There's Fun. Like, yeah, there's like um you know spectral ghosts and and stuff like that. It's it's really great. There's so much going on in this book and yeah, I'm very very happy to have been recommended it. So it's yeah, it's by Chris Dingus and um Dingus Ding I don't even know Dingers Chris Dingers uh, and Matthew Roberts and Owen Gwenny. Um, this is a yeah a, a really great read if you are looking for a new image series that's relatively young in its uh in its. Mm-hmm. Issue numbers. Uh, this is tw- Twenty-four up. issues deep, and I, I mean th- those, you'll catch up very quickly. It's a, it's a, you know, a couple nights to read to you get sucked in very immediately. Mm, nice. Yeah, happy to have been reading this one for sure. Oh my god, we haven't talked about Archie yet. I know how crazy is that. Um, Archie number thirteen introduces uh, the bitch, <laughs> Cheryl Blossom. 
We all love to hate her. Uh, Mark Wade and uh, artist uh, Joe Eisma on this one. Who is the key artist from Nick Spencer's long-running series Morning Glory. So. Oh, right. I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah. I didn't recognize that at all. I did. Right. Um, I mean, it's like in his art, though. Yeah, I, I see the similarities in the faces. Um, yeah. yeah. F- first of all, I have to say that the, the, between this and the Mockingbird um, front cover with... Uh, Mockingbird wearing a t-shirt that says, ask me about my feminist agenda, which I'm now the proud offer of. <laughs> Sorry, a late, late night purchase on Saturday night. Um, this Archie cover is was one of my absolute favorites. Yes, so, so, so great. Good. Cheryl so Blossom, good. like basically cutting cutting down flowers with massive shears and her big red locks are covering her face. And this is by Veronica Fish. Mm. Um, so this story, uh, basically Veronica is not uh, in Riverdale anymore. She's been sent off to... Uh, a Swiss a, boarding school. A Swiss boarding school for ladies. Um, and uh, she meets Cheryl, and Cheryl is just a cold, hard bitch. Yeah, she gets Veronica She's no to good, spill y'all. her guts. Yep. Thinks, tricks Veronica into thinking that they're friends. And we get to see, like, this was a really nice book in terms of seeing Veronica as, like, a nice person and seeing how Riverdale has changed her because she's the one to sort of take the nerd girl under her wing and get her dressed up for the party, but she doesn't realize that Cheryl has been playing a horrible trick on the nerd girl, and so it ends quite sadly. Um, but it was so nice. It was so nice to see that kind of softer side of Veronica, especially like, cause Veronica's like the bitch until Cheryl Blossom shows up. And yeah. then you're like, oh no, wait, Veronica's actually not that bad. <laughs> yeah. But you can't have Veronica being as bitchy as she is, bitchy as she is in the comic comedy style comics of Archie in this yeah, new kind totally. of like dramatic Archie universe. Totally. Um, yeah. This was, this is a great issue. Yeah. Brilliant issue. And such a fun backup as well. Yes. I love the backup of this. Every Archie comic comes with like an older, an older comic, and this one was all about, you know, Dan DiCarlo doing classic uh, Betty and Veronica swimsuit pinup kind of beach antics. Yeah, and then Cheryl Blossom shows up and and tries to go topless like yeah. she's seen in European beaches. Um, it's really and her great. brother's trying to drink a beer on the beach, and they're just kicked off for being spoiled rich kids. It's the best. So good. So good. Yeah. So God all- damn it, Dan DiCarlo was the best. Those are all the comics that I read this week. Um, I also read... Did you not read Sherlock? Have you stopped reading I, Sherlock I, and Singles? How many more has it got left? This isn't the last one. I don't know. No, yeah. No, I yeah. would assume it's a six issue. I will. I, I generally read it after we record because this is the uh, the anime, the uh, the manga version of uh, the BBC Sherlock series. So it comes with a very sexy pinup of um, Benedict Cumberbatch halfway through. Um, Delightful. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great series. We really, really love yeah. it. Um, it's just it just continues to be so fun. Like it's barely worth even mentioning, except that everyone should know that this does exist and should be reading it because it's um it's one of the most fun comics I read every month. I really yeah, enjoy it every single time. Yeah, I think I'm I'm going to save them up until I know it's finished, and then I'll read them all, and then like oh we can review the series as a whole. Yeah, nice. Um, cool. Those are all the comics that we uh, read this week. Um, you can uh, discuss them with us on our new Facebook group, which is facebook.com/slash/groups/slash/seriousissuespodcast. Or you can uh, just discuss them on our regular page, which is facebook.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. Either way, we love to talk to you. We love uh, to be questioned by you. Yes, please. Especially if you have differing opinions to ours. Absolutely. Um, fight with us, guys. Mm. Bring it on. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter, twitter.com slash Serious underscore underscore issues. Or you can send us an email to Serious Issues at kingscomics.com. Mm-hmm. The nicest way for you to say thanks for us to doing for doing two hours worth of podcast and more uh, every, every week is uh, by... 
heading to iTunes and leaving us a nice review. Mm-hmm. We got a really lovely one this week from a Sydney comic book guy. Oh, thanks, man! I didn't even see it. Yeah, yeah you can you can tell everybody about the uh, bonus issue, and I'll find I'll find the uh, sorry the bonus episode that we put up last week. And oh then, uh, yes, I'll uh, I'll find his his review, guys. Um, so we did a bonus episode with the um organizers of Graphic Festival. If you are not located in Sydney, Australia, you might be like, "What the hell's Graphic?" Graphic is probably one of like. Um, the most unique and interesting comic book festivals um, worldwide. They are consistently pushing the boundaries of what is possible. So it's not a convention. It's not. It's not even like seminars. They get they treat comic artists and writers like they are proper performing artists and touring artists, and they give them amazing stage shows. And there's been some incredible stuff um, in the past. And this year they've got Matt Groening coming out to give a talk with it's Linda Barry. Groening. Groening. Fuck. Um, Matt Groening coming out with Linda Barry, which is huge. Like, that's unbelievable. Matt Groening doesn't mm-hmm. do conventions. So no. um, those guys have a wealth of knowledge about comics, and that was a really fun chat. Yes, definitely. We talked about what, what, got, them, what got them into comics to begin with and who were some of like the dream lineups for future graphic festivals in the future. So. I know. I have a list of people to send them. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, we're probably going to catch up with them after the festival as well. They're, oh, awesome. they're going to be great little regular guests, I think, to yeah, do bonus absolutely. episodes with. Um, so I'm going to read out a little review. Um, if you think you can do a nicer review than this, head to our iTunes page. Yeah, have a competition as to who can leave the nicest review. <laughs> this is from Sydney Comic Book Guy, who you can follow at Sydney Comic Book Guy on Instagram. Um, he pretty much reviews uh, like a handful of comics each week on mm. his Instagram account. It's a great, great little read. Um, he says, five stars. I listened to a lot of geeky podcasts, but couldn't find one that actually talked about comic books. My search is over. Each week, Lev Dog and Siobhan dissect the week's new comic book offerings as they struggle to maintain their sanity due to the sheer volume of comics they're reading. I'm sure they're hoping for the day when DC will cease their double shipping, allowing them to catch a breath. Andrew and Siobhan clearly have love for this genre, and that comes across in their discussions. You may not agree with their reviews, but I do. Um, but you can't accuse them of sitting on the fence. I do. I look forward to this podcast every week and can't recommend it highly enough if you're a comic book fan. And in no way are they pretentious. Ah, thanks, man. <laughs> That's so nice. Yeah, really good. Um, so, without further ado, the comics that we recommend you should get this week. Mm. Um, so, there's a few more Marvel series ending. Um, most importantly... Tom King and Gabrielle Walters, The Vision. Issue number 12, that's the last issue of probably our most celebrated comic this year since we started our podcast. Um, So the last one of that, which you definitely want to get on board for. There's also the last issue of Nighthawk by David Walker, um, which we've really loved. Um, The last issue of New Avengers, which is like Marvel's most batshit crazy book. Yes. Um, So uh, who knows what's going to happen off the back of that. Um uh, we've also got the uh, the last issue of the this season of the Ultimates as well, which oh, is another great. Marvel book that we've really enjoyed. So those last issues are all coming out. From Marvel, also putting out the first issues of two Doctor Strange comics. There's Doctor Strange Mystic Apprentice and Doctor Strange Sorcerer Supreme. Goodness gracious! Two number one starting this week, just in time for the movie to come out, which we are seeing this week. Yes, we are. <laughs> so expect another bonus episode mm-hmm. um, later in the week um, with us review- uh, talking to people once they've seen the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like we did for the um, Suicide Squad one. Um, we also get Bloodshot USA number one cool, from, I'm um, about that. from Valiant, which is really exciting. Um, hopefully another new Valiant title we can add to our pull list. Mm-hmm. Um, we get issue one of Teen Titans. Yes. 
which is uh, the uh, Damien-led Teen Titans book that we got the Rebirth issue of last month. Which we loved. Yeah, so hopefully this is as fun as that. Mm. Cool, and of course there's plenty more comics. Yeah, um, absolutely. A couple of graphic novels, which might be worth um, checking out as well. We get the first volume of Black Widow coming out this week, so if you've heard us ranting and raving about how great it is, great time to just jump on, get the first graphic novel, and then join us in the latest issue. Um, there's uh, a couple of cool things being collected, something called Misty, which is um, an massively influential girls horror comic i think from the late 70s or early 80s if Mm -hmm. i'm correct um so that's the first time that's been collected together so that's really exciting i'm very geeked to be reading that and huge absolutely huge news as far as i'm concerned is image have um reprinted uh ron wimbley's completely brilliant book prince of cats which is one of my all-time favorite comic books was originally printed by vertigo and has been out of print for ages copies go for hundreds of dollars on ebay um so it's brilliant that image are reprinting this in a nice oversized hardcover it's a retelling of uh, romeo and juliet from the perspective of mercutio and set in sort of 1980s um, yeah yeah it's great yeah Uh, ron wimbley is um i mean he's a he's a friend so I Full disclosure. Could be, could be biased. Full disclosure, he paid Siobhan $500 to say all this. Yeah. Um, he is the best comic book artist ever. <laughs> <laughs> but he is. He's 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 um, one of those incredibly unique artists who has a brilliant, brilliant, unique style, brings his own um, sensibilities to everything that he works on. And this is one of, yeah, this is completely brilliant. It's you should criminally, have read this. It's criminally underread because it's impossible to get these Yeah, days. exactly. So, um, yeah, you should definitely pick this one up when it comes out. It's incredible. It's nothing like the Baz Luhrmann Romeo and Juliet, which Heaps is better. about as nice a thing as you can say about anything. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So, yeah, definitely pick that up. And all the comics that we said, we will see you next week. You can follow Siobhan online at SiobhanCBG mm-hmm. on Twitter and Instagram. And I am at LevDog, L-E-V-D-I-W-G. Some other podcasts out there with my name. Just put a name in iTunes. See what you find. Who knows? Could be anything. Uh, And we will see you next week, guys. Thanks, guys. What's that catchphrase again, Siobhan? Stay serious. (laughs) Hey, this is Levins. Thanks so much for listening to Serious Issues. If you're not completely sick of my voice by now, why don't you check out one of my other podcasts? One is called Hey Fam, and it's about comedy and pop culture, so like comic book movies and comic book TV shows, all that kind of thing. The other one is called The Mitchin, and it's all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.